If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Happy 4th of July. It's a new, completely unnecessary podcast for Wednesday, July 5th. 2016 alongside Ian Ferguson. Howdy. I am Pat Contry. Lots of cool stuff coming on the show today. How about Twitch starting a new social eating category? Splatoon's final splat fest is coming in July. Uh, we have a couple of weird Kickstarter things. The Dreamcade replay? What? Uh, well, at least one weird one. We have the YouTube Creators Channel. A huge Counter-Strike betting site scandal on YouTube. That's always fun. And your Q&A. But first, we have sponsors yes, to help keep the lights on. <laughs> Arcadeworks, the makers of the Omega Entertainment Machine. Hands down the best way to play Neo Geo arcade games from the comfort of your own couch. Sporting a design inspired by the legendary home system, the Omega utilizes the low-cost MVS format to finally put Neo Geo Gaming within financial reach. Each Omega ships with the latest Unibios, and the optional virtual memory card upgrade lets players save their progress and high scores. So get yours today at ArcadeWorks.net. Use coupon code OMEGANOW for $10 off the purchase of an Omega Entertainment Machine. Do you like car chases, shootouts, and treasure hunts? If so, then head on over to StarlightComics.com and take a look at our flagship title, Angel the Savage Star. She was a mercenary, now she's the most ruthless and feared treasure hunter in the land. Join Angel and her pilot, Brannigan, as they chase after the world's best-kept secrets and greatest riches. But don't cross her, or you'll find out why they call her the Savage. Woo! With classic adventures and exotic locales, what's not to love? Read Angel the Savage Star for free. Pages are updated twice a week. Wow. Too impatient? Buy the entire issue in PDF format. A limited supply of physical copies are also available. Issue 1 is on sale now, and pre-orders are open for issues 2 and 3. For mature readers only, Ooh. follow us on Tumblr at starlightcomics.com. Good old loot crates back in the back in the fold for July. You know, Ian, they had the dystopia uh, crate uh, that just passed, and uh, I actually opened it with... Uh, with Frank had a cool RoboCop T-shirt. Nice. We saw some of those at Too Many Games. Yeah, actually. I was wondering where those were coming that's, from. That's, Makes sense. He saw five people yeah. at least wearing them. That's why. Um, so it, it had like a, a metal uh, Terminator head, sort of looked like a like a hang up, sort of uh, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of three D ish. Um, so they had some cool stuff uh, last month, and they had the the orbs. It's kind of like a like a, I guess like a Mighty Mug, and then it became the pop figures. The, the orbs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They had an orbs figure in there as well. So yeah, the loot crate every month it's oh, a subscription. The dorbs, dorbs, not orbs. Dorbs, dorbs. Yeah, I guess because they're adorbs. They're adorable. Is that yes, why? Yes, they're like, exactly. they're like just squattier, shorter mm-hmm. pop figures. But yeah, loot crate every month you get collectibles, you get apparel, you get a T-shirt, you get usually a toy in there every month. Um, and it's less than twenty bucks a month. You get sixty-eight items usually. It's licensed stuff. A lot of times it's it's exclusive stuff you can't uh, get anywhere else. So it's fun. Uh, so July's uh, coming up. And it's futuristic. Neat. So they're going to have items from Rick and Morty. Cool. You like Rick and Morty. Yes, I do. Uh, Futurama. We both like Futurama. That's excellent. Uh, Star Trek. New movie's coming out. 
Mega Man. So that's huge because that's that's crossover appeal right there. That's crossover appeal with retro gaming. Yeah, that's fantastic. Valiant Comics still still doing doing business. Uh, and so you're gonna have a model, a figure, and their monthly tea and pin. So uh, you have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and get that July crate, which is futuristic. Uh, so yeah, this is a heads up. Usually when I do the unboxings, you don't you don't it's too late. It's already out. This time you get a heads up. You know what's coming. You no. can get this now. It's, it, yeah, you can get it. You can get it now. Uh, so if you want to get it, go to lootcrate.com slash pat. Enter code pat. And you'll save 10% off any new subscription. That shows your support for the CU Podcast by doing that. Thanks, Loot Crate. Thank you. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy that one. So, Ian, we were at too many games. Too yes, we many were. Many games. <laughs> and you, you, there was some drama leading up to the event on your end if you were going to make your flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, weren't sure if that was going to happen. Gross, horrifying medical issues. Um, <laughs> but I made it, uh, and that was cool, and it was a lot of fun. My panel on uh, shooters, and uh, uh, we did a retro shooting competition, went really well. Um, gave a lot of people cavities with candy. Um, <laughs> and uh, the crowd was really nice. There was a lot of people this year. Um oh, yeah. By the time our panel rolled around on Sunday, my voice was absolutely shot, and uh, it was funny. Oh, he's he's high or he's drunk. I've I've never heard anyone who is high or drunk sound like that. In yeah, my when, entire you, life. when you're drunk, your voice doesn't go like coarse, <laughs> right? Unless it's like a old Bugs Bunny cartoon. How dry? Yeah, I am. it goes it goes sloshy and whatever. But um, yeah, talking to people for three days can really you know, especially over like a loud uh, you know loud music and stuff can really uh, yeah. set up the vocal so, cords. So our our our, uh, our table was like next to the screenway level, and the, I think the speaker was like right there. Yeah, the DJ I could see across the way spinning. Yeah. But like so, every time someone said hi, you couldn't even talk like this. You had to talk. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. I, so you're doing that seven hours a day for three days. Your voice. <laughs> kind of goes so ian's voice was shot by sunday morning i, I basically said ian stop talking like you cannot you, we won't be able to do our table he's like he's like oh, yeah. okay I'll be able. so he i think he down like two or three lodgings i had one my voice wasn't in the greatest shape either i've been drinking tea with lemon since the night before the tea did help me that i think that morning i tea that that helped a lot yeah lucky um, you so so that was fun uh, we, we, you know, we, we signed a lot of autographs, took some pictures. Uh, word has it that some 14 year old didn't get something signed by me. Oh, really? Reliable sources <laughs> confirmed that three, three, three reliable yes. sources. Yes. all converged. They all converged and, and somehow knew that. Oh, uh, how the gods have fallen. Oh, uh, the gods. Yes. Uh, we, we've fallen into a dumpster. Um, so it was fun. Uh, my panel, uh, was really, was really fun on Saturday. We did the play the punk challenge, showed off a new, Flea Market Madness, which is out right now. I, I realize I didn't put one out in like five freaking months. Uh, so that one's out. And that's the episode, Ian, where I got the Neo Geo AES at the swap meet. Woo! So and it works fine. And it's funny, people in the comments are like, did you know you can get a broken one for under $100? Like, I, where can I get a broken Neo Geo for under 100 bucks? That's a U.S. version. And first of all, it wasn't broken anyway. You know, you right. Know. So people were trying to like downplay that. That was a good deal that I got it for like 70 bucks, even with nothing with it. I'm like, no, yeah, that's still a really good deal. Because you know the hookups only cost about thirty bucks total to get the AC adapter and whatever whatever the AV cable is. Then it cost about I bought the two joysticks for I think seventy total or eighty total. The two uh, kidney they call them the kidney shaped uh, 
uh, CD controllers, CD system controllers. So that cost me at the end of the day like 100, 170 bucks for a working US Neo Geo AES. Yeah, that's an awful deal when it's usually like $600 for that. You know, so that was just fun. And also, this puppy's out. It's not out. It arrived. Oh, it's Ultimate Nintendo Guide to the NES Library. They sent me four samples. So, this weighs six pounds, 2.5 ounces. Uh, 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 more on that later. So, I'm going to put it down before I, I get a hernia. Uh, that's exciting. I did. I, I shot an unboxing uh, video of that with my phone. As a joke, I'm not sure I'll put it out or not. We'll see. I was like, oh, what's this guy's? And unbox it. I don't know how people... Hey, hey, people do that. They do the unboxing videos. How do you do it with one hand holding the camera? I don't know. I was like trying to slice things open and it didn't work out well. Um, so we have Comic-Con in a few weeks. And we are we are allowed to say we have a panel. That's all we're allowed to say. On retro video games, video game history. We cannot say what day it is until it's officially up on the site like two weeks before. which will be like a week from now. We can tell you what day it's going to be. Then again, it's like it's not like if you don't have tickets by now, you can't get them anyway. It's not like you can be like, oh, well, I, I want to go that day you guys are doing it. So it's no. So anyway, it's a day. It's one of the four days of the week that Comic Con is. <laughs> and I got to pick up my Ninja Turtles uh, uh, toys on, I think, Friday afternoon. I have it scheduled. So that'd be fun. So I'm hungry, Ian. You know what I feel like doing, though? What? I feel like going on Twitch and. Watching people eat? No, I want to show people me eating stuff. (laughs) And now you can with Twitch social eating. It's a new category. I mean, before before it was, you know, Twitch started off with, okay, it's just games. Then they had the Twitch creative initiative. Remember with our pal Bob Ross started by showing up a marathon of all his episodes, all his painting videos. But now I guess social eating is a thing. I think in like South Korea, it's huge. Right. Um, I don't know so much in the U.S. I know that I know like eating videos on YouTube are pretty popular, right? To watch people eat weird stuff, or oh, I'm gonna try this. Like I don't know, this is from Japan. It's like octopus flavored French fries, or you know, whatever the hell that you know that they get eat. Uh, so it's, uh, I think it's part of this weird thing where people get to know these Twitch personalities, or I mean, it could happen with YouTube celebrities too. It's how I think YouTube celebrities end up spinning off into doing odd different shows, but. They want to know more about these people's lives and be uh, privy to or involved in more of that. And I guess that extends to eating, which is just kind of strange to me. I don't want to watch anyone eat. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'll go out to eat, but like, it's not you know, I'm not there to watch someone else eat. I'm there to eat and chat. I don't know. It's odd. Well, is the appeal watching that individual that you like? actually eat something or watching them eat or something watching anyone eat something weird or different i mean like is it all in the display like having all this food out and it's like oh like say i have a sushi meal and so you see the the few rolls here then i have my edamame over here and it's all nice like i'm i'm trying to get an idea for like do you start with the appeal of watching the food or do you start with the appeal of the person eating like where does where do you what's more what are people more drawn to because I'm interested in doing this because if I can just eat food and people watch me and I get paid, that's <laughs> even easier than a let's play. It's a let's eat. I mean, it's probably partially personality and partially what you're eating. Um, for instance, I really like Mexican candy, but to a lot of the country, to a lot of people, Mexican candy is a very different, unique thing. Um you know, if you if you send sent someone a bag of you know uh, typical Mexican candy and were to watch them eat, you would get some interesting reactions from them. That's for sure. So I think you know a little bit of adventures, uh, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of uh, adventureness, adventuresome, a little bit of uh, um, 
That's the goddamn word I'm looking for. People trying something a little outside their box is definitely probably going to drive more viewers to them. Well, speaking of that, it was corrected, but originally someone thought a Twitch user ate cat vomit during their live stream. Yeah, I'm glad that that turned out to not be true. But isn't that the danger of something like this that can be abused, where you say, oh, I'm going to eat something horrible, then what if it's really not, you know? Sure. I'm eating cat food. Maybe it's just like... You know, Tuna. Be, beefaroni or something. Like, <laughs> like how are you going to know I don't know difference? if there's a real danger there. I mean, obviously, well, people Well, it's can... like clickbait. It's food bait, sure. you know? It's like, I, I'm going to be eating garbage when it's not garbage. <laughs> I, 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 it can be abused. But maybe this is just, like you said, it's the next evolution of... I mean, let's face it. For a lot of these streamers, these Twitch, uh, this is what they do every day of their lives. For right. Like 8, 12 hours a day. Someone in my family does this that I... That's fairly popular. People be like, oh, who is it? Um, so I guess if you say, oh, I want to take a break and go eat. Now you don't have to. Right. Maybe this is a loophole that now you can just get away with, you know, just say, oh, I'm going to just eat on a Big Mac and Because well, it used to be it. very, it used to be very strict that it was only video game related content yeah. was what you could do. So now you can go and actually live part of your life without constantly having to shut down yeah. your stream. But is this a slippery slope? Is this going to be like, now we're going to have social sleeping. You can watch your favorite streamer sleep at night. <laughs> That's terrifying. That but I mean, isn't that one step away from uh, that? It could be. I it, mean, it's, it's definitely it's weird. social living. You know, it's like now, you, now you're basically just a, a, a cam model with people watching you like reality television, like Big Brother. I mean, this this is one step away for me. Let's do, let's let's well, there's, no, I agree. Unless there's and some I've... art to eating that I don't know about. Maybe there's a way to do it fancy, or maybe there's a like maybe there's a way to make it artistic where you're eating food. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think it is kind of a, a, a slippery slope towards a um, uh, towards a reality show type of situation where you can basically, you know, through these different channels, watch these people do you know whatever the hell. Well, they decide oh, to put up there. Well, it sounds like it had to be like a dedicated channel. Uh, on this GameSpot article, one user, Pokemoni, ate so many nuggets that she needed a nap. As of 8.39 a.m. ET, she's still napping. Nuggets are good. All right. That, that's, <laughs> okay. that, that's, that's where we're at. It's, it's creepy, but there is, I guess, a, there is a market for it, like, as with anything else. But uh, next we're going to have, I don't know, uh, social laundry. Uh, that'll be good, separating... Uh, out, out the clothes where you throw it in the wash. Um, Make it a lot less boring. I won't say the obvious, but social masturbation. That'll be up next for everyone to watch. But there's already websites that. For exists that exists in other There's form. already websites like that, like Chatterbait. So yeah. you can go, go to those websites and watch that. So after over a year of uh, very constant support, um, Splatoon's final Splatfest is coming in July on July 22nd, which also happens to be right smack dab during the middle of Comic-Con. So, if you've never played Splatoon before, um, besides getting into what the game is, uh, everyone probably knows that by now, they would do these uh, once a month or so um, competitions that would pit um, all the players against each other by picking one of two sides. Are you Team Hot Dog or Team Pizza? Are you Team SpongeBob Pizza. or are you Team Patrick? Are you Team Transformer? Are you Team Autobot or Decepticon? Are you camping or are you, uh, you know, fancy like city vacation? And people would get a week to basically you'd get a you'd get a, a temporary shirt, which is like a piece of armor, you oh. get, and you get a week to level it up. And then you would go into a 24-hour period where they would pit teams 
against each other, and it was all for fun. And at the end, they would the music would change and the look of the game would change a little bit to nighttime. Um, there'd be like a party type atmosphere out in the main lobby. And uh, at the end, they would tally it up based on uh, victories and popularity, and someone would be crowned a winner. One of two sides. One of two sides. And uh, there was a small, re- there was a reward involved. They were called sea snails, and you used these to, um, you could re-roll the perks on your armor and stuff like that, or um, to 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 gain, um, uh, to gain like benefits, like faster reloading. Sure. Um. So. As Splatoon, as these Splatfest happened, uh, happened the uh, the two Squid Sisters, Callie and Marie, who are like the spokespeople for Splatoon, um, they're two pop idol squids who uh, <laughs> who deliver the news and all that sort of stuff in their weird squid language. <laughs> yes, uh, they were always the ones who would you know kind of pick the sides and you know argue for the sides. And uh, lots of people have become obsessed with Callie and Marie, so it only makes sense that the final. Um, Splat, Splatfest is uh, Kelly versus Marie. Um, it's kind of sad to see it, it happen, just because uh, even though a lot of people have fallen off the game, I think as time has gone on, um, I happen to know a friend group that very much never ever stopped playing this game. I mean, really, only until Overwatch came out recently did people like that I knew well, start moving away mm-hmm. from this. Well, it's been on for a year, right? Yeah, over, I mean, over a year at this point. So. Um, I think people kind of under, you know, a lot of people are crying foul saying that, you know, Nintendo's abandoning the game or people are misinterpreting it as the servers coming down. The servers aren't coming down. The servers are going to be up, if I had to guess, for quite some time. Um, even the horribly botched transition to, um, the Wii U, I believe the Wii servers for Mario Kart stayed up for at least, like, another six months to a year, and the NX doesn't even do out until March. So there's plenty of time to go and play Splatoon. These were once-a-month things, and they were fun, but they weren't the only reason to play the game. Um, two, I think a lot of people kind of underestimate what probably goes into something like this. A lot of people are like, oh, well, it's just simply just pick two things and let it run. I don't think this is as automated as people think. They have to coordinate different regions. They usually do Europe different, the U.S. different, yeah. Japan different. I think they did start mixing Europe and uh, the U.S. together. Um, but they have to tally things, and when this was at its most popular, it required extra server capacity in space because they ran into problems. There's money, there's time, there's effort, there's art to be commissioned, there's things to be done for these... And, uh, I, I mean, honestly, I can't look at it. I mean, it's sad, but I can't look at it as a bad thing. It probably means that the Splatoon team is off to um, bigger and better things for the NX, and that, I believe, them being... I think they were also the, the Animal Crossing team. Uh, that probably means work on an Animal Crossing or Splatoon 2 for the NX, and that should be exciting. Sure. Uh, yeah, there's work that goes into these. Uh, they have to watch the servers, like you said. This isn't... I mean, is there, is there, is there probably little cutscenes and things, probably, for the matchmaking? And I mean, the there's, like and... I said, there's little, like, bits of art and stuff that they have to do. There, There is prep work and resources that they make. And in the grand scheme of things, it may look like little, but, you know, it is an extra load on the servers, and it is something that they have to dedicate time to once a month. Sure. So these are some of the past ones. We can do our picks right now. First one, it looks like it was cats versus dogs. We're both yeah, cats. It was cats. Yeah. Roller coasters or water slides? I was roller coasters. Well, I'd be water slides there. Marshmallows or hot dogs? I went um, hot dogs. I okay. think I actually go hot dogs. Considering that. Autobots and Decepticons. Wow, they got... Decepticons. They, they get in trouble for that. I'd be an Autobot. Art or science? Uh, I think I went... I don't remember. I think I went art. I think... Uh, not that it's hard to choose. I would go art, though. Cars or planes? I went cars. I'd probably go... Hmm, I might go planes there. Pirates or ninjas? 
I'm a, I went pirates. I went pirates. Yeah. Burgers or pizza? I go burgers. I think I went pizza. Naughty or nice? Come on. Naughty. Naughty. Yeah. Past or future? Uh, I went future. They might go past. Pokemon red or Pokemon blue? I don't think I was. I was blue. I, I have no choice because I don't, I'm not familiar with the difference of either of them. Snowman or Sandcastle? Snowman. Snowman. Yeah. SpongeBob or Patrick? Nah, I was indifferent, but SpongeBob thinks man or Patrick thought mayonnaise was a weapon, so I couldn't get down with that. So I was Team SpongeBob. I think I'm Team Patrick then because of that. I think mayonnaise <laughs> can be a weapon. Uh, fancy party or costume party? Uh, costume party. You got to go costume party. I don't even like dressing up. And early bird or night owl? Oh, night owl. No, night owl. Oh, not even not even a choice there. So it seemed like they did something fun for a year. Yep. And. And for everyone it's who cares, because Pat has no pick, but I'm Team Kelly, a hundred percent. So, is there difference between the personalities a lot? Oh, the, this is going to be brutal. Is this going to be brutal? Is yeah. it going to be like fifty-fifty about it, you think? No, I, I think I don't know. It seems like Marie has a, a slightly higher fan base, but uh, not never once in the history of a Splat Fest have I seen uh, words be slung around the way they are over this one. Really, this oh, is yes, like this is, this is divisive. Nintendo did the right thing by holding this one off. <laughs> this, is gonna, the this is going to be the time where they're glad there's not in in game chat with each other with voices because the people be cursing each other out. Over, over their favorite uh, uh, pop idol squid. Yeah, pop idol squid. Did they have an album they were put out for for these two? Uh, there is some. There, there's some music and the new the new um the new uh, Kelly and Marie Amiibo that come out um, because the Splatfest will be ending. Um, the Kelly and Marie Amiibo will actually uh, turn the square into what it looked like for Splatfest, and they always put on little con- there's like a little concert going on in this corner where they oh. do songs and stuff. And actually, they did a hologram concert in Japan, and they're doing a hologram concert in France for the Japan Expo. Really? Yeah. So they're big. <laughs> yeah, the Squid Sisters are not small uh, time. This could, you, could could this probably be uh, with the Wii U the biggest uh, first party property new one that came out? Oh, about? I mean, absolutely, without a doubt. There's so, there's no question. I mean, about these are going to be next Smash Brothers on the NX will probably have these sisters in it. It doesn't have the or, sisters or at, or at least, least Splatoon characters in it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, all right, good good on Nintendo. And like Ian said, the game's not going to die uh, out. People will still be playing it, and you'll see a new one on the next console within a year, probably two. This was interesting. We've been talking about Sonic a lot lately. 25th anniversary. We talked about it on, on the Live CU podcast at Too Many Games. Uh, at Comic-Con, there's going to be, I think, uh, something, some event. I'm going. You're, are you going Bonnie to Bonnie and I go to all of them. They're, they're actually pretty fun. They're fun there? Are they usually like right down the street from Comic-Con? They're at uh, House of Blues. There's usually free food, free drinks. Um the uh, cheesy bands like Crush 40 who like do the music for the modern Sonic games put on like live performances and they usually announce like some games. The game announcements in the past have usually always been the least exciting part, but I think really? people are really, really hoping for something well, quality to come out of the House of Sonic. At well, this point. you think that for the 20th anniversary they would have had something lined up ready to go, but I guess not. Uh, but so the chief brand officer uh, spoke with of Sega spoke with uh, this. Uh, M- MCV, I'm not totally familiar with wh- who they are, about Sega's plans for Sonic, saying that the, it's the company's intention to elevate the character to entertainment icon status, <laughs> saying we are really focused on turning Sonic into an entertainment icon, not just a games icon. We want to go across all platforms and elevate his status even further, which explains why we are doing so much. Sega is really, as of this, as of this last year, putting a huge emphasis on quality. So, besides the new game that will be out probably next year, there's a, a planned Sonic movie 
which is blending CG and somehow, for God's sake, live action. Don't really want to know how that's happening. And that's going to be produced by Sony Pictures coming out 2018. Um, yeah, the new Sonic game is going to be 2017. And then the next uh, Sonic game, uh, Sonic Boom Fire and Ice, is going to be on 3DS this September. This isn't the one they're announcing. This no, already but is. that's the follow-up to the critically lambasted um, original Sonic Boom. Uh, they did one for the Wii U and they did one for the 3DS. I can't remember what it was called, but it got really, really poor <laughs> reviews. Um, there's also the whole co- uh, Sonic comic lineup, which supposedly is actually fairly decent right now. I don't read them, but so the Bobby one does. So the one game coming out on Sonic's anniversary may not be that good because the, uh, the. But the one they announce on his anniversary may be okay. That, that'll be the okay one. Let's at hope that so. Point. We can always hope. And of course, like we discussed at, at, at Too Many Games, they have the Sonic Humble Humble Bundle out right now, which I. Is it out still? I don't know. I have zero interest in it. Uh, so, what do you think, Ian? Is there a possibility that Sonic can be an entertainment icon? I feel like if that was going to happen, it would have happened in, like, 94. I mean, if he was really going to transcend and become an entertainment icon... I mean, what they're talking about... I mean, has is Mario technically even reached what they're talking about? And if Mario can't do it, I don't think Sonic's going to do it. So, Mario is undoubtedly a video game icon, but he is, is he an entertainment icon? Movies, no cartoons, music cheesy, videos, cheesy thing from I, the past. I mean, that we love. I but don't see him in a Nicki Minaj music video. No, no. So I think entertainment icon is shooting a little too high. Yeah, it's it's strange because, yeah, like like you said, Sonic was for the forefront, a huge mascot, neck and neck with Mario, if not a little bit bigger for about three four years, up until like you want to say even ninety six ninety seven started yeah. falling off of the Dreamcast. They were still using him front and center. You know, ninety nine. Yeah, but they skipped him entirely for the Saturn. I mean, say, I mean, Sonic was in a weird place ever since Sonic Three. Let's put it that way. Sonic CD wasn't wasn't that good. That was before Sonic Three. Oh, it was okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I I think Sega has to concentrate on putting out like a string of quality games, not one that might be pretty good. How about three or four games that are good enough to win back the goodwill that you've thrown away the past, like, 15 well, years? And we covered it about a year ago, about them saying once again, you know, they, we really want to get back in the goodwill of uh, the Sonic fans. And, like, here's a year later, and they're still talking about, we're going to get back. Well, then fucking show us how you're going to do it. And, yeah, you guys do give out some really tasty free drinks at these Sonic <laughs> events. Uh, but it's going to take a little bit more than a fucking stiff vodka Red Bull to get me back in Camp Sonic. I, I I hope it, just that it'll be poetic justice if the game comes out and does poorly, and you see a shot fired from Mighty Number no. Nine <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> at them. So they're like, see, it's not as easy as it looks, huh, Sonic? Yeah, that'd be funny. I actually, when I went back home, I visited my parents on the East Coast, and I found my I got it for my sister for her birthday, but she didn't want it. The plush tails uh, doll from like it probably came out like in '95. I think it's actually worth money. There, um, but you can ask Vani about it. She'll tell you how much it's worth. So I didn't take it back. He was sitting next to my Cabbage Patch kid, Marky Stevens. Well, there was no room for him. I took a picture with him. I'll show you later. Marky Stevens. I love him so much. Anyway, so the whole point is that, even at point, even Pat liked Sonic stuff. Mm-hmm. But even then, he wasn't an entertainment icon. Even no, then. I th- I, yeah. Oh, Marky Stevens. So the... Um, my Nintendo Rewards program is continuing on. Just yours. Uh, just mine, not, not yours. Uh, just the My Nintendo. Mine. All mine. Nintendo Rewards program is carrying on. And it's rolled over with some um, 
with some new offerings um, that you can buy with the coins that you get using uh, digital purchases of video games or uh, things that you can earn via, um, well, currently only Mitomo, but I'm yeah. assuming it will uh, branch out to what to the other mobile ones that they're using. Mitomo, you get the gold coins for answering the questions, is it? You get no, you get you get gold coins for download uh, for digital download titles. Okay, and then platinum. I, I don't even remember how this works, and this is the problem. It's it's really kindly kind of poorly thought out um i can't imagine it does not seem like the retention for mitomo was very high i'm putting it on for the first time right now in about two months <laughs> i am um, i thought it was pretty enjoyable for what it was at first but i have a tough time keeping up with more than one social media uh one type of social social media and as fun and nonsensical as mitomo was i couldn't log in every day and just answer these questions over and over again no it's like homework yeah, it's like oh, well, you know, what's your, what's your favorite food? It's like oh, I got to answer that again. Did I answer that last week? And oh, uh, yeah, it, so, it seemed like a chore to me to keep, constantly do it. The gold coins are the ones that I believe were only available like when you when you did uh, digital purchases. Unlike the old Club Nintendo, there is no reward for physical purchases. Fuck you if you want to buy the game physically. You only get a goddamn reward if you download it. So, I mean, there's some you know decent games on here. Metroid Two, Mario Land Three is available now. Uh, Donkey Kong 3 for 40 gold coins seems like a fucking joke. Is that too hefty? Uh, uh, for Donkey Kong 3? I'm not talking Donkey Kong Country 3. I'm talking Donkey Kong 3. Oh. Yeah. Well, it looks like that's their, their price range up for all the NES and sure. Game Boy games. Um, Mario Kart 8 DLC pack, which is kind of cool. But then a lot of these are like, uh, you get like a percentage off of what you're buying. 30% off Earthbound Beginnings, 30% off Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time 3DS. With your 50 coins, the problem is, is these are things that, and we kind of already discussed this, I believe, but these are things that, uh, even with the discount, it's like, why not just go out and buy a used copy of it that you can probably find for cheaper or reasonably similarly mm -hmm. close to that price? Um, as neat of an experiment as Mitomo was... I think for this My Nintendo Rewards program to really take off, they're, they're going to have to hit big with something else that's, that's going to last. And I really think people were upset because they were really hoping for some sort of game. You know, I mean, some. I mean, there's there's almost no game to me, Tomo, other than no, the, the little the, the plinko style, yeah, the plinko style pachinko drop. style thing. What they did, which was kind of cool, was they surprised everyone with a social network, and people realized that they had plenty of social networks already to pay attention to. So, um, so, so, the, so the coins I'm getting here, I, I trade them in to play the game that I can win these for then. Is that what it is? Not exactly. Oh, Jesus I, I've already, yeah, I've already forgotten how it works. Like I said, <laughs> all I know is that the the gold coins are ones that you get for downloading. Doing uh, these are Mitomo coins, not gold coins. So yeah, it's different. Okay, and uh, the you get game tickets that you can win these coins. No, that you can use to play the Plinko Drop game. See, it all makes perfect sense. It all makes one hundred percent. Oh, I got an eight bit link tee though. Okay, I, I was waiting for a decent shirt. So this is the least informed we've been on something in a long time. Um, well, that goes to show you, I guess, how poorly uh, Nintendo's done against so, the So, yeah, the, the platinum coins, I believe, were the ones that you got for doing, like, um, 
uh, certain things like logging into your My Nintendo account every week, which I did, you know, twice. Um, and those are the ones that uh, that get you the uh, the cheaper discounts off okay. of certain things. So basically, it's it's gold coins are the most valuable. Oddly, the platinum coins seem to actually be less valuable than the gold coins, and then you just get the actual Mitomo. Well, you coins. get the My Nintendo missions. That's how you get the platinum. Yeah, right? exactly. Okay, there. And those are the ones that are offering you like fifty percent off uh, Mario Party Island Tour. At 300 Platinum Coins. Let's see what the missions are right now. Link Mitomo to a Nintendo account, you'd get 100. Um, let's see. Add a friend using the face-to-face method, 100. You've done nothing with this program, so all, what it's showing you is all of the starter ones. Oh, okay. I've given three answers in one day, maybe I haven't. <laughs> I've never done that. Long story short, if you're still playing Mitomo, they've rolled over all your rewards and go check them out. I think Nintendo has a lot of work to do on this this program. Do you think if, if they um, get more interactive games with Mitomo to, to work towards some of these discounts, that could be uh, first? Yeah, step I think if direction? they can incentivize you to keep using the program a little bit more, like giving you a game that's free to play that you might bite into every once in a while and you know get something back in return from them or whatever, I think that the program might stand a better chance. It's still nice that Nintendo does something. People forget that other companies don't really do anything like no. this. Um but it's it's certainly not nearly as cool as what we once had with uh, uh, Club Nintendo. Lawsuit around Ian's favorite current game, Overwatch. It's, it's, it's cracking. All right, so Blizzard's coming after this company. Uh, it's called Bossland. And they also, in the past... Uh, were sued over World of Warcraft uh, buddy bots, which I'm not sure what that is. I'm guessing they're always like friend bots that help you out. Probably. Fight. So Blizzard's coming after them for creating this Overwatch uh, cheat. Like subscri- Somehow it's, it's a subscription? It's a cheat tool. You pay a subscription to use it. I'm sure it, it authenticates it whenever you try to launch it. It's called Watch Over Tyrant, and it allows you to see the location of all the enemies and their current health at any given time, Ugh. which, of course, gives you a huge advantage in a team-based objective ba- or team, team-centered objective-based first-person shooter. Um <clears throat> And they are suing for uh, damages uh, due to a number of things. Ten million dollars. Um, it's goodwill and reputation. Um, but what they're actually seeking damages for is the harm of the user, the harm caused to the user experience over the initial period where this program was being used heavily. Um, because if there's one way to immediately get people to not have any interest in your game, it's to have them get their ass kicked and have them get yes. their ass kicked unfairly time and time again by people who choose to pay to do it. And we've talked about it before. I have no idea how anyone finds this fun. Like, why would you... Pre-first, spe- I guess, so they I, want to ruin I, everyone else's day. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Or you're a 15-year-old and your dick is tiny and you want to show the world that you've got, like, a high rank in a game. But the thing was, is when Watch Over Tyrant was, was truly viable, um, I don't believe competitive mode was even up. So this was just so you could level up faster well, and, and, and win games. I, I I really don't get the whole appeal of these, these, these cheat tools. Well, it could be because of the things you mentioned. I just think it's funny because people will go after Blizzard saying, whoa, why don't they fix the game? This fucking cheat came out days after the game came out. Right. So it's like they they, they couldn't foresee everything happening, so they got to then, you know, respond to it. It's like terrorism, counterterrorism. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a chicken and the egg thing going on. 
So they will deal with the people using these. They just have to figure out how, and then they'll implement it, and then wipe out the people using this. They can do it. They just need time. They'll be banned. And, I, I mean, I'm, um, I'm fairly certain uh, that Blizzard has already stated that, that, that cheaters on this will not be tolerated. It's already been stated that, that bans have already gone across the people who have been using the cheat devices, and Blizzard is taking a basically zero-tolerance policy to, to cheating on this game. This is their baby. They've been working on this in some way, shape, or form or another, even back when it was you know, uh, kind of a, a soon-to-be-failed MMO called uh, Titan that never made it off the ground. They've been working on this for a decade. They're not going to let a bunch of cheaters come in and ruin the game on day one. They're just not going to fucking do it. So I guess I guess the um, the one caveat here is that uh, legal action was filed in California, and this boss land company is in Germany, so they think they have no jurisdiction for it. So how much could they could they actually bring a civil suit to them? It'll be tougher. Right, but they can still uh, put can, pressure on all the users. They can ban players. They can ban players, and then hell, if they wanted to, they can make example out of be shitty, but they can make example out of players for breaking the EULA and elect them individually. But they won't do it though. No, so they always could if they wanted to. Sure. And, and when people say what you know, what's the, what's the copyright infringement? Well, they're using code from the game to make their product. Sure. Yeah. And exactly. You, you can't do that. You're basically reverse engineering the code to figure out how to interact with it. Um, so Blizzard said. Uh, we will continue to aggressively defend our games and services within the bounds of the law in an effort to provide the best possible experience for our players. We want to, ta- we want to use this as an opportunity to remind players who might not be aware using bots, such as those distributed by Bossland, to automate gameplay in our games will result in a loss of access to those games. So you're going to pay for your subscription to this uh, cheat. You're going to pay for the game. You're going to be out of money for both, basically. Right. So just don't, just don't be an ass. Just have fun. Play a fun game. Don't cheat at board games either, because I know people that did that, and it really pisses me off. <laughs> Cheating at games Cheating is it. one of my least... You I should just, be allowed I, to I hate take a knife so and much. just stab someone in the eye for cheating in a board game. <laughs> that seems fairly... Um, I think that's fair. But, all right. All right, fine. Right in the eye. Right in, right in the old goddamn eye. So let's talk about a Kickstarter project that's uh, currently um, in the works called Dreamcade Replay. Uh, Universal Vintage Gaming Console. By Dreams Arcade, Inc. So what this is, is it's a basically a mini-computer that is uh, focused on running um, uh, games from the vintage systems like the Atari and the Coleco, uh, all the way up to, I believe, PlayStation 1 is about as high as they're going to get. And... Uh, it comes with a series of uh, it comes with a bundle of licensed games, and then it comes with means to access and obtain other games, most of them for free, sometimes at a cost. Um, the interesting thing about the Dreamcade replay is that they're offering it in three different physical formats. Mm-hmm. Um, the first and the smallest one is um, the Dreamcade Replay Classic, which is a small-looking Atari-type system with a controller that they would like to put out at the Kickstarter price of two two eighty nine two eighty nine with a shitty-looking controller two eighty nine. Uh, the Dreamcade <laughs> Replay Mobile, which is uh, a uh, like a fifteen-pound. Um, uh, like mini arcade machine with an eight inch screen, eight inch IPS screen. It looks like a little yeah. Mini arcade has uh, player one and two buttons, and has nine buttons on the front, and, and a and a candy. What are those called? The half controllers with the candy button. Uh, it's, it's arcade buttons. Arcade. Oh, I mean the joystick. And so, well, that's a Japanese ball top. Ball top. Okay. Um, 
No, Candy Cab is something different. Uh, that's going to be at the Kickstarter price of uh, $599. Woo! And then there is the Dreamcade Replay Arcade Edition. Uh, for the real arcade lover, uh, it has a trackball um, integrated in, um, the same uh, joystick and button setup, and that one's going to be uh, three three ninety nine. dollars um, I have... I don't know. I have some doubts about the product. Um, first of all, the included games, the license bundle is kind of what you would probably hope not to get, but what you should probably expect if uh, if you're used to these things at all. You're going to get a lot of Atari license games because it seems like it's really easy to license old Atari games. So packed in, you're going to get Ms. Pac-Man, Asteroids, Asteroids Deluxe, Centipede, Crystal Castles, Major Havoc, Missile Command, Pong, Red Baron, Space Duel, Super Breakout, etc. And then you're going to get a suite of casino games, and then uh, some 26... Those are So those were our basically ones. Basically all the Atari... Yeah. They had an Atari 100 pack. These are the games, yeah. I think. Yeah, and then you're going to get a bunch of 2600 games. So you're going to get Atari arcade games, you're going to get 2600 games, and you're going to get some casino games, and then you're going to get some clones. I'm not sure. Okay, I'm not sure how they had the permission for the clones. Yeah, I'm not right. sure either. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr.? Ugh, now you're getting in touchy territory. Yeah, Mr. Driller, Ghouls and Ghosts. Features same gameplay, but slightly different graphics and sound. Um, and then there is going to be a uh, a method to which you can connect it to the internet, and you can go searching for games and add them to your system. Sure. Well, before that, though, you can. there's an SD card, micro SD card, a USB drive to also put your own ROMs that'll be into this GUI that you can select and play these sure. uh, different, I guess, emulators that'll be built into this system. Right. But this is the troubling part to me. Go. Um, but no, take it. Oh, okay. So they're offering this service on their website called Retro Reload. It's at dreamarcades.com slash replay where you could literally search for ROMs from NES, Super Nintendo, N64, Genesis, Atari 2600, and right now it says other systems are disabled. So I pick a game, Ian, any game on those systems. Uh, let's go with uh, Quackshot, Donald Duck. Quackshot. You had to pick the one. Oh, it's not Genesis. Quackshot. That one's not fat. I'm just going to say I'll pick one. I'll pick uh, Rolling Thunder. You hit Rolling Thunder. On, on the left side of the screen, it's actually pretty cool little mini video of the game comes up on the Dream Arcade's arcade, so you can see that the game is. On the right is a menu of all these ROM sets I can download. Rolling Thunder 2, Rolling Thunder Revision 3, Rolling Thunder Revision 1, Thunder Force AC, I guess anything with Thunder in it, Space Thunder Board. So this is a ROM, Operation Thunderbolts on here. It's a ROM search engine. It's a ROM search engine. Searching out, I'm trying to see how many different these better not be hosted on their site, or they're in deep shit. No, it would not be hosted on their site. I don't understand the uh, the actual ins and outs of it, but there are various... Um, I can't remember the name. There are media players that are like this, that are basically like Netflix, that act in a way that where... Um, why can't I remember the name of them? Anyways, where you can... Uh, one's called uh, Genesis, actually. Where you 
open up a, a professional-looking user interface and you type in the name of a TV show or a movie, and it basically aggregates from streaming sites, torrents, and things like that, places where you can access this file or this show, and then it will stream it to you, or in this case, most likely download it to your um, system. So this is what this probably is. Yes. The problem is, is obviously there's some dubious legality here. Um, the other issue is once this sort of thing gets, once this sort of thing is really kind of um, in the know and people start to know about it, these things, these links start to get shut down really, really quickly. So my question is the usability of this service and the longevity of this, this service is, in my opinion, highly questionable having been a person who has messed around with similar services in the past to see what they do and realizing that eventually you get to the point where they're basically non-usable. Wow. Yeah, it says games. Uh, it says on the Dream Arcade's replay site, games provided via public repositories, that can be a myriad of ROM sites, Yes, including the non-profit Internet Archive, archive.org. I know there's a bunch of ROMs on there. The internet's largest public library. A lot of work went into this interface, though, because like all the ROMs come up with a moving image, like look like a GIF of what the game is as oh, an example. Sure. So it's it's pretty. It's actually very sophisticated. Like if this was an actual ROM site, this would actually be useful. You can see what the games are. The problem is linking this to their product. That's the issue, right? And I think that's going to be the bigger issue. Um, there have been a lot of set-top media boxes that kind of do the same thing that this does, only with media. Only they would, and and you could use a similar program with those, but they would never actually make that public handshake. Sure, you know, they would they would do what this is doing and talking about the bundled in games that you can add your own stuff. But they would definitely, it seems like, steer away from mentioning this sort of service because once you start mentioning this sort of service. Like, I mean, you're obviously entering a legal gray area or, I mean, if not black and uh, white area. Yeah, I, I, at this point, I don't think it's gray. If you're providing a product, basically saying, well, we have this service that you can easily just get all the games for for free illegally. That's like, that's where the jump is made. It's not just providing you with a product that you can use it for that. It's providing you the means to get right. And I, 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 I mean, my my opinions on emulation are, are fairly well known as are yours, so I'm not trying to necessarily villainize these people, but I don't think that this is a very smart idea. No, it's not smart at all. Uh, uh, I mean, it seems not, like a bad. It seems like a bad business. I mean, idea I'm not even talking about the cost of this thing. Well, for the especially for the Dreamcade Replay little Atari little thing, two eighty nine. It's a lot for a Raspberry Pi machine with like you know it looks like a, a mini Atari twenty six hundred. And then you know you've got the Dreamcade replay with the one set of controls. Yet it's advertising you know it's showing a fighting game on there. Doesn't appear to be any way to link these if you could even find someone else who had one. Um, a lot of these games that require that are better with these arcade sticks are fighting games. Excuse me. Where's the fun without a second player? Um, they are. There are similar arcade machines out there that do similar things in a similarly legally dubious manner. Of you, but it's you. It's not with the internet. You just you know you put the ROMs on a card or whatever. But they have the two joysticks, the two buttons set up. They're roughly the same size. They have a nice screen, and uh, you know they're only fractionally more expensive than this, and offer basically the same thing with a set of second player controls. I. I, I feel like there's certainly a market here, but I feel like the price and the marketing of it is a little questionable. It's a very slick presentation. Did you see the video? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
I hate to bring it into this. The first thing that comes to mind in the slick video presentation shows a family sitting down and playing this in front of a TV and and laughing and having a good time, including a little boy and girl. Guess who's who? Guess who wanted to do that with their yeah. marketing <laughs> campaign? Yeah, it's true. The good old Caligula Chameleon wanted to do that. So it looks like in this, yeah, they. I mean, the, the quality of the products I came in question. They could be good. They could be bad. But yeah, it's just. Uh, the team linking it to an emulator download uh, search engine. That's where I think that's where it could be troublesome. So. Yes. All right. Well, I mean, we're probably going to give them a boost by putting this out, but we'll see if it hits this goal. I'm not sure it's going to hit the goal, but we'll see. So Capcom came out and uh, a few weeks ago during E3 released a, uh, a, a demo for uh, Resident Evil 7, and it got a lot of people excited. Um it is Resident. It's Capcom trying to make Resident Evil uh, PT. Um, I mean, it very much is. I mean, there's, there's. I mean, it was a fun little demo, but there's no way to doubt. Uh, there's no doubt about it. That they looked at PT and said, "We need to, we need to get some of that going on with us right now." We had some of that excitement that um, PT had at one point. Well, because the demo is from the first person, like PT was. Uh, there is no real action you can take except for to examine certain objects. There's no weapon, no nothing like that. There's a very small inventory you can pick up. Um, but the amount of interaction is very minimal, and basically it walks you through a very atmospheric experience of going through the house and a reporter and shit goes bad and you have to try to escape the the house. And, you know, after about 20 minutes of playtime, you think you're about to escape the house and someone grabs you from behind and says, welcome to the family and punches you in the face and everything goes black. Um, a bunch of weird things happen during the, uh, the demo, one of which involves uh, a set of like mannequin dummies. Um, but at one point you can find... Uh, an item in a drawer, and it's a mannequin dummy finger, and uh, there's there's no apparent use for it. Um, at the beginning of the demo, it simply says "escape the house," and at the end of the demo, you leave the house and you get pulled in by a guy and you get punched. Um, so I think people felt that much like PT, uh, there was a a right way to go about completing this demo and a wrong way to go about completing this demo, and I think a lot of people, um, you know, twenty four forty eight hours in, thought it hinged somehow on using this red herring um, uh, dummy finger. So that's the that's the trick. The finger actually doesn't do anything yet. And Capcom came out after two million announcements and said. The finger doesn't do anything, basically. Uh, the path is closed for now, but patience. And it's got the picture of the finger on there and uh, a little bit more. And it says about a certain finger. Um, and there may there's rumors that there may be some sort of update to this uh, um, this yeah. demo in September because it's, it's showing a September there's calendar. A, yeah, there's a picture they put out with the finger. There's like a little piece of paper saying the path for now is closed, but patience. And then there's a calendar board, you know, those ones used to have like on your... Yeah, it and you make out September in the top left. So maybe that means you got September, another part of the demo, or we don't know. A lot of people got angry at Capcom over this. A lot of Why? people, uh, because of time wasted or, and stuff like this. I, I mean, what honestly, do you think it's going to happen in a demo. 
I, I just, I don't know. I, I couldn't get particularly worked up over it. I played the demo once or twice, uh, about twice. Tried to see if I could figure out anything to do with the finger the second time. Couldn't. I mean, there's a very limited area of, of, of place. Like, there's a very limited area you can interact with. And I just said, well, that's cool. I'm good with it. And when someone solves it, I'll, uh, someone solves it and there's something to be solved, then I'll find out about it online. Um, people got upset and said that Capcom was wasting their time and misleading and, I don't know. Frankly, it's it's a demo, and uh, <laughs> I mean, I I don't want to say Capcom told you. I mean, that's that's well, what happened. And there's been other games where they put items in it that aren't useful. right. I think I think well, lot, of lots of games have red herrings. As a matter, I mean, especially old PC adventure games, yeah. which is I think why in part I'm not really all that upset over it. We're used to this. You people. just get used to the fact that there are items that mean nothing. I think what bothered them was that it went so much for a PT vibe, and that there are very there's almost no items to pick up in the game that they kind of assumed. Well, if I can pick this item up, there must be a use for this item somewhere. Oh, God. And I think it was a matter of expectations over what actually happened they wanted so badly to compare it to pt that they were like there has to be some sort of secret that we haven't figured out yet and i think it led people to get a little too into the demo and a little little over a little little over upset when when they found out that there wasn't anything you could do with it but, yet, but it's not like you couldn't beat the, this demo, right? No, was I mean it, you could go. Through, I mean you could go. No, there was no multiple endings. There was, I mean, there may be in September, um, you know. But there was one ending, and it did a good job of showing off the atmosphere of the game, just like Man. PT was supposed to do. And I mean, the demo for me did its I, did what it was supposed to do. I always hate to get into an entitled gamer rant, but when it's a fucking demo, you're bitching about. That you can play through anyway. It's like, come on, man. I don't know. Relax. I, like I said, I I understand the people who really wanted to find like something else, but after a couple of days, you just stop. You just stop. Not a finger, or what if it's Harrison Ford's finger? <laughs> Get off my plane. <laughs> yeah. right, well, you got next there. Well, this one's kind of sad to me um, because I was a huge fan of this series, and I played Little Big Planet a decent amount of it. No, uh, decent. I, I did play it though at some point. The Little Big Planet servers are shutting down in Japan, and it's not just the Little Big Planet one servers or two servers because it's 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 series servers. Um, even the carding, even the carding, which was I believe probably I mean, obviously you couldn't access it through the standard Little Big Planet games, but it was probably all part of the same thing. Um, they're shutting them down in Japan. They will continue to be up in the U.S. and in Europe, um, but it's time as a you know central focus I think for Sony is over which is a shame I feel like I'm one of the only people who ever really really enjoyed Little Big Planet but I don't think it ever ended up doing what Sony really wanted it to do especially after the second one the third one certainly did not do great in sales um, they thought it was going to be like their breakout new like icon mascot maybe yes and it's Selling the third one wasn't even done by Media Molecule, the people who did the original um, because they were on they were doing something else they were doing Tearaway for the Vita I believe and they're all great games, and it's sad because there are millions and millions and millions of levels that if you have Little Big Planet 3, you can play. And yes, a lot of them are shit, but a lot of them are a lot of fun. And I have a lot of fond memories playing these games with Vani. And yes, well, once again, I will state that this is only in Japan for right now. Uh, I don't think that this shows a lot of hope for the servers staying up in other regions for much longer. Um, and the big reason why is... 
it didn't. The third one failed to to set gamers on fire like I think they hoped. Um, this is a game that I've been wondering about the future of, sadly, for quite some time. Because here's a game that came out at sixty bucks, brand new, and I bought it. I bought the third one, brand new. Big fan of the series. Um, within a couple months, it was being sold for thirty, brand new. Um, this is a game that has been on the past like eight PlayStation Network flash sales for five dollars for the whole game, and the download price of it is already twenty. So. My question is really, why is Sony giving the game away for so cheap if they don't think that, if they don't know that something is going to happen in the very near future? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I don't think the servers are going to stay up in the U.S. for much longer. And it's sad because a lot of work went into this. Um, this was kind of like the proto Mario Maker for consoles, at least. This oh, came yeah. out before Mario Maker, and it offered you a much, much more complex set of tools, which was both the really cool thing about Little Big Planet and all. Also, its biggest downfall was by the time you got to Little Big Planet 2, you could do all sorts of wild shit in that game. You could, I mean, there were people who were doing really crude reconstructions of um, the first level of Wolfenstein 3D. And I don't mean in side scrolling platformer form, I mean recreating the first level of Wolfenstein 3D. Uh, making puzzle games, making RPGs and real time strategy games out of a tool set that was meant to be used for platformers. So it was, it was powerful, but maybe it was too complex. It was too complex, and I think it pushed hate. a lot of people away. And then Nintendo nailed it right on the fucking nose by giving people, you know, a very easy to learn, understand, intuitive, you know, lock, you know, lock in pieces type of thing. You know, it wasn't as it wasn't as fluid or as fidgety or as um, as a uh, little big planet. So. Uh, maybe I'm the only one having a bummer of a day because of this, but you know, um, a lot of people's work is going to disappear, just poof. And this is the nature of online games. I, at some point, we all knew this was going to happen. But Little Big Planet Three has only been out for two years, I think. November uh, 2014, so it hasn't been two years. So it hasn't. Yeah, Little Big Planet Three hasn't even been out for two years. Um, it was one of the main reasons I wanted a PS4. And uh, yeah, to see to see this series grind to a halt. I mean, the momentum just hit a brick wall is kind of upsetting to hmm. me. So, you know, if you live in the U.S. or you, Europe and you want to, you know, you like the game, get your playtime in now. Grab your friends and sit down and download some cool levels and play some multiplayer because it's a blast. Because honestly, I don't think these are going to be up for much longer. Yeah, I wonder if they did, if they uh, not that they. Planned for this to be a, a sack boy to be like a, a, a mascot, but maybe they went a little, a little in too much with this, it's based possible. upon the reception of the first game. Because I thought at first, wow, you know, people are getting tired of this, maybe. But it's not like a game coming out every year, like Call of Duty, or every two years. This is every three years. Yeah, Little Big Planet was two thousand eight, Big Planet two was two thousand eleven, and two thousand fourteen for three. So three years in between isn't oversaturation. No, but then you have these six spinoff games. You have uh, Little Big Planet. On PSP, uh, and they you have one in the PS Vita. You have the carding game, prehistoric moves, Run Sackboy Run, and Little Big Planet Hub. Maybe there was a little bit of oversaturation with with all these other side titles. Well, the other problem was is um, if I remember correctly, the Vita one 
The Vita and the PSP ones only had could only pull from levels from certain games via the the online world okay. hub. Whereas if you had Little Big Planet two, you could play people's levels from two and one. If you had Little Big Planet three, you could play people's levels from three, two, and one. So the portable ones, I believe, fragmented that user base a little bit. So. Yeah, what what I think you might have seen is is some some money dumped into games that wouldn't sell well because if your big focus is creation, who's going to dump a shitload of time into p- creating their perfect level on a platform where it's never going to be seen? Okay, you're well, going to want to pick the main console version. Uh, looks like Run Sackboy Run was was a free to play endless runner on iOS. That, that would have been my guess. Yeah, uh, an iOS and Android and Little Big Planet Hub looks like that was probably canceled because. Um, that was never released. It was supposed to be a free-to-play game for PlayStation 3. And as of August 2013, according to Wikipedia, there's been no further details about it coming out. So, I, I think... Let's say that would have been featured weekly challenges, not found in other Little Big Planet games, downloadable content, allow players to create levels and play a curated selection of community levels. That sounds more like uh, Mario Maker. Mario Maker could have stolen the thunder before it came out. And, and like I said, it, it makes me sad. The first game came out to great reviews, but some mild criticisms um, in terms of like how its physics and stuff played out. A lot of people don't like the floaty physics and the hop, the jumping physics. Of, I didn't of mind it. Fun. I don't mind it at all. I didn't mind it. Um, but I realized that it's not going to be something for everyone. And by the time 2 came out and they hadn't really uh, adjusted that, I think some people just realized the game wasn't for them. And then, like I said, the third one came out, and the third one's good, but the third one is basically best just to continue playing the levels that people make because it wasn't made by the same team. They were basically handed the, the construction tools and said, you know, make your own levels, and it wasn't it wasn't quite as high quality as the previous ones. So, anyways, I mean, there you go. That's... That's what happens with modern gaming that relies yeah. heavily online. They were still supporting it as of October. October, uh, they did. They released the Back to the Future pack with outfits and hoverboard and stuff. So they were still supporting it. God, that's a long time ago, though. Actually, now that I think about it, I mean October. I mean, they used to put out costumes and things for this game on like a monthly, if not weekly basis. Well, I just searched. This was came up. Maybe they're still doing it, but doing it, but. Yeah, no, I doubt it. Like I, I said, if they're I mean, selling I, it for five dollars, I mean, let's put it this way: was this mentioned at E3 at all by Sony? No, 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 no. Well, oh, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm fairly certain Little Big Planet is all but done. Oh, poor little sack boy. We loved the. I really liked it. Some movie news before, thankfully, Marvel Studios slash Disney came to the agreement with Sony Pictures to have Spider-Man crossover and be in Captain America: Civil War. And now have Spider-Man Homecoming on the horizon coming out in 2017 with Michael Keaton as the villain. Thank you. Before that happened, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out to less than... It was mediocre. I mean, I saw it. It was mediocre. It had mediocre reviews, but it underperformed. Mm. But along the way, Sony wanted to create a Spider-Man cinematic universe. They were going to go off the fucking rails and do a... At the same time, developing a Venom movie... Uh, some Spider Girl movie, an Ant Fucking May movie somehow, a Sinister Six movie, <laughs> not Spider Man Three, a Sinister <laughs> Six movie, yep. and might have been one other one. Where after Amazing Spider Man Two, no one wanted to see any more Spider Man movies from Sony at all, right? Which is why when, when Marvel came in, like, come on, let's come on, let's let's just do this, come on, and they and they figured it out. So I think how the way it works now is that. Sony can greenlight any Spider-Man movie 
but Marvel has creative control over it. It's exactly what it says in the article. Exactly. Sony Sony greenlights the movies. Marvel is Marvel creates them. Basically. So which basically means and Marvel has control. Yes. Because if Sony comes out and says we want to do this movie, Marvel can say, "All right, we have creative control. We're going to do whatever the fuck we want. Maybe we'll do an entirely different movie then." Right. So this this is why it's still a weird relationship, but it still makes sense to have Spider-Man be in the cinematic universe because as he, he showed up, talked to fucking Iron Man, fought with Captain America, had the "Hey kid, where are you from?" Queens, Brooklyn, and the whole fucking crowd cheers, and it's a feel-good moment. It makes sense to have Spider-Man interact. He's a flagship character, interact with the rest of the universe. He would have been. It'd be, it was weird up to this point without it. Yep. Yet somehow, Sony still wants, under Marvel's tutelage, to create their own. They still want uh, Spider-Man to have its own cinematic universe, I, a cinematic universe within a cinematic universe. Yeah, it doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. And what one of the things that they're talking about doing is creating a Silver Sable movie. Silver Sable. Which I'm not sure how that falls under Spider-Man. I know she appears in, in well, Spider-Man. She's like the first, her first appearance, I believe, was Spider-Man. She's generally considered a Spider-Man spin-off. Well, so character. was Punisher. Should yeah. Punisher be, shouldn't be considered a Spider-Man character, no. or Kingpin shouldn't be considered. But that, but that's why they, that's why it's under Sony's. It's under really Sony's weird. Way. I mean, I, I associate Silver Sable just with many different comics, Captain America comics, shows it up Daredevil. With Spider-Man, that's so weird. It's like why? I guess they say, oh, they see Black Widow. In the Marvel movies, Silver Sable's kind of—it's in the ballpark. It's, it's it's a mercenary character. She's does, a mercenary who takes out war criminals. Uh, yeah, so it's like, but I just don't—I don't see—I don't see a reason to do a Silver Sable movie. No. I just don't. I'm not saying you can't do one, but it's like—it's not like she's appeared in other movies where you can say, "Oh, I mean, if, if Marvel's a little unwilling to do a Black Widow movie, you can't do a Silver Sable <laughs> movie." <laughs> and it—it it, yeah it um. I mean, it's implied that, you know, this would still have to go through Marvel, but I just think Sony needs to stop talking when it comes to Spider-Man. Yes. I think they just need to press the green button that says, yes, please, Marvel, make us money, and then Marvel will go, okay, we're going to go make you your Spider-Man movie now, Sony. Like, that's, I think, what they need to do. Um, They they need to stop with these fucking ideas. Just because they have these characters under their umbrella that they can use does not mean that they should use them. And I'm not saying Silver Sable can't be an interesting character, but you're not coming out the fucking gates of your cinematic universe with a Silver Sable movie to knock people's socks off. Yeah, so Studio Chief Tom Rothman said, yeah, we're still working on that uh, animated Spider-Man movie coming out in 2018. Fine. I'm, but even I'm sure Marvel's not happy with that. No. You know they're going to have creative control. It's like, whoa, we're trying to do our own thing. You're going to do an Inspire movie in a separate universe that's animated. I'm like, uh, we're, what's like, yeah. You know, we just had a movie come out the year before Spider-Man. We're probably going to have a sequel come out in the next year. It's like, yeah, let's. you're, you're, you're kind of playing with fire here now, Sony. The reason why the Marvel Cinematic Universe works is something called cohesion. Yes. That's, that's why even small Marvel Cinematic Universe movies like Ant-Man can do well and get get good ratings and reviews is because they all tie together. As soon as you start fracturing out these movies, well, this Spider-Man movie pertains to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but this one's just kind of its own animated thing, because yeah. animation! It's like, no, guys, you're just, you're gonna repeat the same mistakes yes. over and over again. That's why I'm even leery on, well, it's slightly different with the DC having two different flashes. The movie and TV, that, that, that just tears my insides up, and it shouldn't. Right. You know, but then they even said a few months ago that they still want to do a live-action Venom movie. This is before yes. Civil War uh, came out. Yeah. Now, I'm sure Marvel's like, oh, 
Calm down, Sony. Calm down. Let the adults we ha- talk. We have, <laughs> you're going to make a ton of money still with Homecoming and probably three or four Spider-Man movies in the future. We can have Venom in a future movie. But, <laughs> all right, buddy? All right, buddy. I know you're anxious, buddy. Just sit it down. Calm it down. It's like, oh, I'm trying to a really coarse metaphor for how Sony's acting right now. But it involves like uh, getting a hand job in the back of a bleacher or something. Uh, but anyway. So, I mean, is there any property that you'd want to see from Sony involving the Spider Man universe that no. isn't Spider Man at this point? No, at this point, I just want Marvel to have all of their heroes back. I don't <laughs> want anyone else having any. You want... I didn't even go see Apocalypse. I, just I didn't either. I just couldn't bring myself. And that's Fox, I know, but I just couldn't bring my. And I, I like Days of Future Past. I didn't see it. I like Days of Future Past, and I'm a massive, massive fucking X Men fan, and I just couldn't it's, give a it's shit. It's already out of theaters. It's only been like five weeks. I went to check last week. I'm like, whoa, it's playing in one movie theater in La Jolla? I, I was like, really? The quality of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies has, is such that I'm more than willing to look at what they shake up with DC because it's a different it's it's a different ball of wax. But when it comes to Marvel movies, you're spoiled. We're spoiled. I'm spoiled. I can only look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe one. We're absolutely absolutely spoiled. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's I can't. Sad. And it kills me because I mean I know Spider Man's your favorite and you're getting on track with him. But the X Men. Fifteen years, I'm getting on track, buddy. The X Men have always been my favorite, and I just <laughs> please bring them back. Oh, well, they're the doing fold. that. They're doing that TV show. <laughs> oh, that's going to come out, which might be associated. I think eventually it's all going to come back in like ten years. It's all going to be back. We're going to be seventy years old, but. You're going to finally, before Frank dies, he just wants to see a Fantastic Four movie done right. Just give him one. I would have loved to have seen Chris Evans and Hugh Jackman just once on the same screen. Just once on the same screen as Cap and, you'll see and a, Wolvie. You'll see a new Wolverine. He'll be five foot five. He'll be a small one like the comics. And right. He'll be like, oh, it's not Hugh Jackman. But I think we'll, they'll have to recast everyone at some point. I mean, it's, it's, No one's looking forward to Chris Evans being recast. Or no Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Jr. will be the first one because yeah. he's already 50 and... Can you be a seventy-year-old Iron Man? Uh, Iron Man, technically you can. In the, in the, they'll just de-age him like he's a uh, teenager, like in the beginning of Civil War, which is yeah. awesome, by the way. All right, so okay, Sony, just don't. You, you got a hand job. Don't go out buying hookers. Is what I'm trying to say. This is interesting. Coming off of uh, uh, the topic we had, um, not at the live podcast, but at the one we did right before that. Um, there is now the YouTube Creator Hub, which is a basically help program for uh, new YouTube creators. And the more followers that you have, the more subscribers that you have, excuse me, the more um, you will be, uh, the more programs and workshops you will have access to to help you um, increase your your output, uh, the quality of your output, um, how to attract more uh, subscribers and things of of that nature. Um... You know uh, when you so it says when you start with when you start your channel you start with graphite benefits which are open to all creators and as your sub numbers get bigger you'll unlock new benefit levels which include all sorts of perks from workshops and events to production access at the YouTube spaces and a whole lot more so as you grow you can go to those YouTube spaces like there's one in LA and there's yes. one in Toronto yeah they have high tech equipment and you can shoot there and use their yes equipment. I mean I I could access them if I want to all you have to, you have to book the space ahead of time and then. They have camera equipment, editing equipment, huge green screen spaces. I mean, it's legit. That's crazy. Like, it's, it's a really cool idea. You got to be local to them, obviously. But no, they can't have them available to everyone. They have to have some filter system or we'll get nuts. Right. Obviously. So, um, 
this is available for free. And as stated, you get more the bigger that you get. Yeah, but you start off with like basic support. Yes. Um, you know, for monetized channels, which almost anyone can be monetized, so that's everyone. It used to be there was a you had to be you had to be on a network or it had to be part of. Now, basically, anyone can be monetized. You sign up today, tomorrow, you can probably be monetized. Crazy. So it's interesting because this plays off of what we talked about two podcasts ago, the YouTube Creators Guild, which is. Um, kind of the same sort of thing only you pay I mean, in the internet creators guild. It, the internet creators guild yeah. where you pay in and you receive the same sort of support back um um in almost like a, a a union fashion um so really the question here is which is going to be is, is this going to steal some of the thunder from that internet creators guild absolutely because this is ready to go this is free and it has everything laid out already for you what you're going to get out of this. How much of this do you think was a response to that, or how much do you think this was just timing? It had to be timing. I mean, this announcement came out about two days after they started, I think, taking uh, emails and, and, and I think, uh, admission money for the Internet Creators Guild. Okay, so it was it's, just, close. it's just timing. But they, I don't think YouTube was happy seeing that Internet Creators Guild because they're like, ooh, you're going to be making money off of basically our product in a, in a circuitory, circuitory way. You know, it's like... Uh, but this is why I like this. Because I can see it. I mean, we're still waiting on the Internet Creators Guild for... But this stuff is concrete. Learning about copyright on YouTube basics. And there's cute... You watch a little video. It has little, little basically Muppets, a five-minute video telling you about copyright. <laughs> I mean, it's cute, but they have the, the, the content ready to go here right. for you to access. Uh, you know, how to submit a copyright infringement notification. How to submit a counter notification, I guess, if you have to counter someone. Retracting a claim. You know, it has it laid out for you, like you, with all these clickable links. Copy strike, copyright strike basics. What is a content ID claim? How content ID works? Checking your account status. These are concrete learning tools right now that I could go into and look at. How to keep your YouTube account in good standing. You know, features available to accounts in good standing. And this is just for the copyright and having a. How to appeal strikes. That This is something that right now, like I said, I can go and access. There's free music and sound effects through this program that you can uh, download and use. Oh, so. so we wouldn't have to worry about uh, copyright or people doing content IT claims for that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. There's, this, is the, this is the academy part of this, a creator hub, I believe. Um, this is all, this, and this is all the free. This is the graphite level. Oh, so this is even getting into the next level. Yeah, once you get up to like say like the bronze level, the ten thousand subscribers to one thousand subscribers, one hundred one hundred thousand yeah. subscribers, um, that's where you unlock product production access at YouTube Spaces, become a YouTube ambassador, um, ch- channel consultation program, yeah. and things like There's that. There's different events based upon your subscriber count. You have access. I mean, uh, at the zero count, there still looks like there's still events you can go to. But then you can filter on different events. You can go at different locations. Probably workshops. YouTube Space Tokyo is having one July 17th. Let's go to it, Ian. You know, it's, this is smart. Because the subscription fee is basically built into how much, uh, well, how much money you're making. It's not quite the same as, okay, I'm paying for access to everything off the bat. This is like, okay, how much are you really using YouTube? We're going we're gonna to tailor... This hub for how you're using it. Sure. If you have a million subscribers, you're doing this for a living. You have access to all these features that, hate to say it, someone with 500 uh, subscribers may not even use that. Or why would they? Or need to or or want to. to. Right. So, I mean, obviously, should everything be available to everyone? In theory, sure. 
But then again, that might be tough in terms of infrastructure, in terms of, of um, building it out for everyone. Well, yeah. I mean, strictly from an infrastructure standpoint, it's hard. And it also it also puts a little fire under the ass of people who really do want to do this as a living. Sure. You know, you want access to these YouTube spaces, then, you know, put in... Put in the put in the work, get yourself up to the ten thousand subs, and and then and then you can. Um, so so there's four levels: graphite for everyone, opal, bronze, and silver and up. So opal is one to ten thousand, which makes you can join a creator day to meet and learn alongside other creators. Visit a YouTube space or a workshop near you. Okay, so you have to be open for a workshop event. But only a 1,000, you can access the YouTube space. Right. That's pretty meager to get a 1,000 subscribers nowadays. It really is. Um, attend local meetups to get no creators in your area. So that's cool. Um, and then, yeah, visit space. Like I said, the spaces is like free equipment there. It's, yeah, that's, it's, to, to be able to actually do that, that's bronze. That's 10K to 100K. Unlock production access at YouTube Spaces. Oh, it's just attend the local. Uh, yeah. vis- oh, you can just visit the space. You can't use it at that. Oh, really? Give yourself a taste to push yourself a little bit harder, I guess. It's on the Opal page, though. It says it says local meetups. Okay, maybe that's visit spaces. Okay. So, okay, then at uh, bronze, which is 10 to 100,000, join the channel consultation program. Become eligible for the YouTube Next Up contest. I'm not familiar with that. Look it up. Unlock production access at YouTube Spaces. Okay, there it is. You can visit the spaces. You can't actually use the space unless you're at least 10,000. Uh, become a YouTube ambassador. Oh, I can become a YouTube ambassador? Woo! Um, so, you can talk to a YouTube partner manager for personalized advice and support when a spot opens up. It's going to be limited, but at least you have it. Yeah, production access... Enter the Next Up contest. Eligible creators can enter the YouTube Next Up contest. Winners get help with new equipment. Ooh, new equipment. They give you new equipment. And a spot at a week-long creator camp at the nearest YouTube space. All right. Be an ambassador. Become a YouTube ambassador to meet creators near you. Talk videos. Help them make the channels awesome by hosting happy hours in Creator Dinner City. So I think guys like Kevin Lieber and Andre Meadows were ambassadors because they appeared in some of those. I think I told you tutorial videos sure. in the past. They count as YouTube ambassadors, I believe. Um, and then at the silver level, which is what I'm at and up, that's 100k plus. Redeem your play button. You get a, the play button at 100,000. That's what that means. Claim your spot in the Creator Hall of Fame. Not sure what the hell that is or if I want that. Because a lot of people are 100,000. It's not a big deal nowadays. Access exclusive events. Get your very own partner manager. I'm guessing that means if you're not already partnered on an MCM, if you're just a get flat help. YouTube partner. So you get your button, which I have. It's, it's, it's cool to have a button. Um... You get one-on-one support. Again, this is at 100,000 plus. Unlock exclusive production access. So I guess there's even higher levels of production. And then there's exclusive invites for events. Okay. So the point is is that there's a lot of stuff here to go through. Besides live events, creator meetups, uh, access to uh, live people to talk about issues, uh, sound effects and music that are free to use and and copyright free. This is all free. That you can go get right now. So, like you, like you said, was this a response to the Internet Creators Guild? I don't know, but I cannot picture the Internet Creators Guild offering that much more than what this isn't. Yeah, that's fair. Is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say. So, 
I mean, perhaps some more one-on-one tutelage or something like that. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe. I think if you, that's if that's, I pay, if I pay, if I'm paying five or ten bucks a month, I better have someone I can talk to at a, a drop of the hat. Right. I think. I think that's. I think. I think personal. I think. I, I think a little bit more of a personal experience is what you might get out of something like the Internet yeah. Creators Guild. Um, but I think when you realize that. Internet Creators Guild is mostly talking about YouTube creators, I think. I, I mean, at least that's yeah. what most people are going to look at it for. Yeah. This probably seems like the, well, I'm going to keep that 5 bucks in my pocket or that 10 bucks in my pocket. Perhaps. Uh, the one thing I didn't see here that the Internet Creators Guild did have top of my head was, like, um, breaking down, like, MCN contracts and things like that. See, I, that's really handy and useful. I don't see that here. Yeah. So that is a positive for Internet Creators Guild that I do not see here. Matter of fact, there's nothing really here about MCNs or anything like that. So maybe that's something that YouTube doesn't yeah, want to this, necessarily deal with. Yeah, maybe they don't want. Maybe that's be a little hairy for them. They, right. They don't want to step on too many toes. So, but like the, the huge events in the YouTube space, that's something only Google has the power to really do on that level. Sure. Where they can say, okay, we have even eight, ten locations across the U.S. You can come and film shit. Right. And, uh, but the YouTube space has been around for years at this point. It's been like two, three years at least. Yeah, I think they just opened the one in Toronto this year, but I know the one in L.A. has been around for a couple of years now. Yeah, I can go up there if I want. We could film. We can do our, our new Let's Play show maybe there. That'd be fun with the giant green screen on our, <laughs> on our feet. So, all right. Now, again, I'm not saying the Internet Creator, Creators Guild is a bad idea, but it might be doing the job of something that's already existing for free. That's tough in the marketplace. Right. Let's be honest. All right. Now the topic du jour. Holy oh, shit. hold on to your hats, people. A lot of explaining going on with this one. I also need another uh, another yogurt to get me through this one. Okay, so Counter-Strike Go betting's a thing. And gambling, it's a thing. So, I guess through Valve, you can purchase like these keys that unlock... You can buy skins. You can buy weapon skins. Okay. And the skins are randomized. And the skins have rarity to them. Okay. Uh, like uh, some can are harder to come by than others. Um, like you, can't you also buy key to open these up? It's like randomized. Uh, yeah, probably. But you can buy a skin for two fifty. You can probably buy a crate of skins for a certain amount. Okay. And what it is is it gets you you know weapon skins and things like that, knives, skins for your knives, etc. And uh, the rarer ones actually have a monetary value to them, as you can trade or give them away or sell them. So what's been happening is there's been gambling going on, where basically these are used as the uh, betting chips, because there will be a willing buyer out there somewhere. That That's what this whole market uh, relies upon, sure. is there being a willing buyer out there, but so far there is. Let's back up a second. Here's the price yeah. of the key. They are called keys. Okay. You can get uh, at three... They're two forty-five each, uh, and this is the price. Uh, this is the Steam price of these. Okay, eleven. They go down to two forty-three a piece, uh, and there's there's like a. I'm not sure how these are priced out, but there, there's a quantity you can buy here. So basically, at two fifty a pop, you're taking a gamble on a lotto ticket. Is this lotto ticket going to be worth something, or is it not going to be worth something? Can I get something that's really a gun that's common? Or one that's uncommon oh, your, or rare. Oh, your guns are the same. It's what your gun looks like. That's what I mean, though. Man, yeah, I get a sniper sure. rifle that's really cool looking. Right. They, they open, yeah, okay. It's a CSGO Go key. It's a Valve Series weapon case. And this is what is sold by uh, Valve. Yes. On Steam. Okay. It's going to back up because that's where this starts. Then it leads into these websites that somehow have access to your Steam account 
and all the skins slash weapons that you own. And there you can trade them, see what the value is. They have like fucking stock trading tools to see the value up and down, swear to God, of these rare, uncommon, and common skins and weapons. And then you can even gamble with them by throwing them into a pot, I guess, against another person or entities, and you flip a coin to see if you get all of them thrown in. Right. This exists as a thing. Okay? You with us so far? This exists. I don't know how it does, but it exists. Especially because this means that kids like as young as 13 can do this. Sure. I mean, if they if they have a, a Steam account, they can buy these keys. And Valve's like, all right, this is part of our microtransaction model. Basically, take these keys and get these skins. People do videos where they scroll across. I've seen them like, oh, it's like a, it's it's basically like a fucking slot machine. Yeah, you see the weapons grow across and it stops on one. Yeah, like like I'm at the boardwalk giving you a dollar to spin the wheel, and when a big huge ball, uh, bouncy ball that I'll take home, and then it'll, it'll break a day later and pop, and I'll be crying. Then my mom's taking me back to get it replaced. And okay, sorry, but anyway, the whole point is that there's a system in place, a monetary system, that's built up upon supply and demand. Based upon these skins and slash weapons, we'll use them interchangeably, um, and marketplace, and somehow they can be connected to your Steam account easily. So from this, various websites have popped out saying that you can gamble on these sites, you can trade on these sites, and sell on these sites, and, and sell on these sites, and whatever else. And you can also, I guess, unlock other weapons on these sites slash skins. Skins. They're skins. So I don't know where it comes from, where the skins on, on these sites were. Maybe they. Maybe these websites, these betting websites, purchase them all in bulk and get them, and then transfer them to their site, and then you can get them there. I'm guessing that's how it works for the ones off-site because because they they exist. So this is where it gets weird. There are popular YouTubers out there now that have promoted these various betting sites, gambling sites for these skins. And there's two big ones that are getting caught up with in a, in a very big way. YouTuber named Pro Syndicate and a YouTuber named TMRTN. These are YouTubers with millions, millions of subscribers. Right. That in the past have put out a multitude of videos promoting a specific Counter Strike betting site. That's so weird to even say that. Counter Strike betting site named CSGO Lotto. So H3H3. Put out a video. Our our pal, even though we doesn't, he doesn't know us. H three H three put out a video based upon someone else's research, uh, breaking down the fact that these two entities were not just in cahoots with CSGO Lotto, and in, in their own videos that they were opening up uh, these skins and uh, you know, ooh, ooh, gambling. Not just that, they're owners of the <laughs> fucking site. <laughs> <laughs> owners of the site but owners of the site that they're promoting without disclosing it and then they're getting their young viewers to go use this site it's 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 disgusting it's probably the the, the most disgusting thing we've ever discussed on the podcast it's incredibly vile as someone um very accurately put it it's like if someone would write a good review for a game and that person was also the creator of the game as well. I saw another metaphor. It's like if a casino, you were owning, you own the casino, mm-hmm. 
You take a bunch of chips, mm-hmm. go up to the roulette table, have them rig it for you to win it. To go, hey, look, I won everyone else this random casino <laughs> that I'm not associated with. <laughs> That's basically what they're doing. Because yes. I don't know then if their videos where they're they're gambling and, and opening up this casino. Oh, what's going to get? And of course, they're getting the big guns and everything. Like, oh, I won this gun. It's worth like thirteen hundred dollars on the open market. Of course, then their dumb fans are going to then run and sign up and start plucking down money to gamble right of course they're gonna do it yeah and it, it, it the weirdest thing about it is, is is it's not people need to understand that it's not this has really nothing to do with counter-strike this has no. to do with the skins and people who play counter-strike as well as people who don't play counter-strike do this it's a loophole to gamble at any age in the U.S., it's kind of like how it occasionally works in Japan, where you don't actually win money; you win things that you can then go trade in sell for, money. for money. Yes, yes. and that's how it's working. How, there's so much to talk about here. First of all, the, the Federal Trade Commission. Boy, I think they're going to look at this one a little more closely than usual. Yes, when it comes to this, the Federal Trade Commission requires that if a video is sponsored or paid for, that you disclose it. Um, obviously, that was not done here. After yeah. the H3, H3H3's videos came out and all these websites, IGN are running the news. They're trying to, at least one of the two is trying to go back and say, oh, this is a sponsored video or whatever. But, a, a but quick, it's not even sponsored. You own the fucking site. Well, a quick trip down the internet time machine shows that it was, that those those uh, disclaimers were not there prior and anyways. The, and one of the two I think, just privatized all the, all the betting, or, or, or excuse me, the gambling videos. Because nothing about. makes you look innocent quite like hiding everything. Jesus Christ. It's really bad, and I love the defense they make. Like, oh yeah, it was it was it was public knowledge that that we were the owners. Yeah, if you went and fucking looked it up and knew where it, where to look, that's still your responsibility, regardless of whether it's quote unquote public knowledge to disclose in the video. Not just getting sponsored this video. I own the company. I'm pretending to the site. I'm pretending to gamble on. Right. They own it. Yep. There's no. It's like I, 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 I'm trying to be more... I should be more worked up than I am. Like, I should be oh, I, should, I should be far more articulate and worked up than I know what more there is to say. Uh, one of the things that really fucking drove me nuts was uh, one of the YouTubers, uh, Cy Syndicate, admitted that two sponsored videos by Steam Lotto, a similar site... This is another uh, guy, yeah. Yeah, were rigged for him to win big, and he uh, acts like it's no big so, fucking So this deal. motherfucker, this other motherfucker, yes, you're a motherfucker on this other alternate gambling site... I think it was that he got he was given like a thirty two hundred dollar value skin, so basically then his video showing a a video it wasn't random it was just a sham scam of him getting this rare weapon to get people to come over to that site and use it. So this is well this should be everyone's experience. Well, but even when you go on fucking TV and watch Cubids, you know those websites where like oh I won this this MacBook for ten dollars, you know where you pay for even those say. Uh, results are not typical. Right. Like even those fucking ones. I think, ones have I to think say that, that just got added into his as well. Like they. But they, this they, motherfucker comes out with a uh, you know what what the fuck's his name? Psy uh, Syndicate exposed had the fucking gall to make it a joke. Yes. And the thumbnail was him like rubbing his nipples. Yeah. You motherfucker. Right. 
You're so fucking gross. You're fucking disgusting. And he acted like because he didn't sell the skin and he gave it away with some other that skin okay. that made it okay. Oh, sure, because I'm, I'm committing fraud and having other people go to a website and give you away their money. You still misled a shitload of people who are now throwing their money at this website because their YouTuber, you know, told them. To. Yeah, oh, because I fakely spent money on uh, getting this rare weapon. You don't think other people are going to do it? That's the whole fucking point why they gave you that skin, dumbass. Yeah. They used you, you didn't fucking care, and you're now you're making a joke out of it. Out of using your audience. Out of using your audience. Oh, that's hysterical! I'm rubbing my nipples, because I committed fraud! <laughs> this is hysterical! I love nipple fraud. Oh, man! Isn't that funny, guys? I committed fraud and treated my audience like fucking idiots! And they don't care. They don't care, that's the point. They don't fucking care. Hey, you did a really cool video hawking some knives, though. Oh yeah, that same guy then does a video hawking knives uh, uh, using I guess, the skins this... that are in. Uh, All right, guys, living in tradition. We got some knives for you. Yeah. Get this knife. It's only nineteen ninety nine. And by the way, I'm gonna pretend to open it up right now. I got the rare one, and you're fucking idiots and don't know it's fraud. It's well, I'm gonna rub my nipples because it's a joke. It's Damascus steel. I'm gonna rub my nipples because it's, it's a joke. It's painted to look like Damascus steel. You. So these two guys, these two owners. They're in deep shit. Yeah. This, this, they're, they're probably going to get away with the fact that this, if this website was, if these websites were in the U.S., they'd be fucked. Mm -hmm. These websites are usually in Russia or they're in Europe or in the, in the Caribbean somewhere where the, the, the rules are a little more relaxed, let's just say. Not a fucking but, ship in the middle of the Oh, boy, waters. is the FTC going to fuck you guys in the ass? Yeah. And I hope they do it more sooner than later. Boy, Publicly. are you two in trouble. Publicly. Oh, publicly? This is probably the most disgusting thing. This, this, I mean, this combines um, non-disclosure, underage fucking gambling. That's my big thing, is that it preys... It, what, what this preys on so heavily is those that cannot gamble legally. So they do And they don't have the judgment to know that they're getting taken for a ride. Right, right, exactly. They don't realize that these things do not... They do not realize that these are atypical results. All you have to do is well, be they're, old they're enough to... lied to. All you have to do is... It's be, not just atypical, it's getting lied to. Well, yes, but it's... it's it's I, You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, You don't have to... And you don't even have to just be 13. You have to be old enough to click that checkbox that says I'm 13, and you know how, you have to know how to ask for Steam gift cards for, cards for your birthday or Christmas, and you're wasting your $60 Steam gift card on, and you're going and gambling them on shady fucking websites. And the one guy comes out and even says, like, well, uh... I originally, you know, I used the CSGO lot on a video to decide whether to invest in the company. And then H3H showed in the video that, uh, no, the incorporation documents for the company were already there, and his name was already on them before the video could yeah. come out. So he's just a giant horse shit liar. Yeah. There's absolutely no truth in it. But you know what? Even if this is what it comes down to, it's, it's like that. Steroids in baseball and fucking uh, people getting caught plagiarizing videos. Yeah. Yeah. You get caught doing something really fucking evil, but you know what? You got your money. You've already ripped off people. So what's going to happen now? Just going to sit there and rub your nipples. going to rub your nipples. Well, that's the other one. But either, either way, they're all Whatever. fucking disgusting. All you guys are fucking disgusting. Can we just throw them all in the same pot and flip a coin and see who gets them all and, and then we can sell them off? And, and as, and as uh, Total Biscuit said in a video where he excoriated them, rightfully so, he makes, he makes everyone look fucking... Now right. it's like, now it's like, that's why people are afraid of when you do a sponsored video or not. It's like, because they think you're a fucking scumbag because people like this exist. Right. That people uh, outright commit fraud 
now you're afraid to do anything on the up and up. And that's why I said maybe YouTubers are afraid to say they're sponsored. You know, because they're afraid they'll be lumped in with, like, these fucking jackasses. Saying you're sponsored gets it up up, uh, up front and out of the way so that people... So this doesn't have to happen to you. It's fucking disgusting. And this is a person that's going to go on with all, all, the two owners. are going to still make money off this fucking awful entity of a site that somehow exists. I'm not against gambling. I'm just against it when it's done in a nefarious way like this. And you have potential of a fucking 13-year-old kid uh, getting involved and losing money on this fucking bullshit. Yeah. It's absolute bullshit. There's no fucking regulation. Remember, it all comes it's back like to regulation. It's, it's like game wheels. It, it all comes down to regulation. Regulation is, is to protect the consumer. Not to ruin your fun. It's to protect the consumer. So that it's not manipulative. And so that makes sure everything's on the up and up and real. Otherwise, who the fuck knows when I go to their sites and, and do their special skins off-site, off of, off of uh, Steam, who the fuck knows what, what, if it's even randomized, who knows if it's real... Anything else? You want to just rub nipples? I, I mean, yeah, we could just do that for a little while. The longer. fucking gall of that piece of shit. <laughs> what a guy. <sighs> Fuck. What's next? Q&A? We got one more? Happier times. My voice is gone. Limited edition. I'm going to sell the knives based upon my fraudulent fucking uh, video. They said... Yeah. Fucking asshole. So... The Russo brothers are going to be um, producing and... Uh, what are they? Do they have some sort of creative control here? They're developing. They're so developing. Development. They're, they're uh, developing a uh, Warriors uh, show, uh, an hour-long show for uh, Hulu. Not the Golden State Warriors. No. Uh, based on the 1979 uh, cult movie classic about the gang that needs to find its way home. To Coney! Yes. The Warriors have been, I would say, in a in a resurgence of popularity recently. Oh, absolutely. Um, certainly starting with, uh, maybe not starting with, but definitely um, picking up uh, after Rockstar did their Warriors game for the PlayStation uh, 2. 2004? I believe so, 2004, 2005. Um, for the PlayStation 2 and also for the PlayStation Vita. What was weird about that was that <clears throat> I was always a big Warriors fan. I think I saw it on TV as a teenager, and I was like, this is really cool. And then... I always I'd heard that there was like a director's cut DVD coming out, which was coming out before I think the game. And I discovered that like okay, this director's cut's coming out, but it's not really a director's cut. It's just adding in these interstitial. They do like these comic style interstitials that are stupid. But there was always like I always wanted to see the version I saw on TV because a lot of times on TV they put in back in scenes that they cut out of the theatrical release. Sure. But the whole time I'm like, didn't know that like Rockstar was doing this big game. It was so strange that Rockstar would do a. Uh, you know, would do a, a game based on a movie that was like 25 years old that was like a cult classic. And like, it came out of nowhere. Yet at the it, same time, the setup of the movie, actually, it's one of those few movie games where you're like, makes sense. yeah, okay, that could work. Yeah, because they, they took the plot of the movie, expanded it out. I remember playing it for a couple hours. Didn't play it a huge amount of time. I'm like, they did a good job with it. I mean, right. I mean that was off the, off the heels of GTA 3. Right, they're doing that. Was that th- okay? It was. It was definitely during their 3D GTA period. I couldn't remember. Off of like Vice City or whatever, yeah. probably came out a year or two before, or even uh, San Andreas. The whole point was like, out of all the games, I know there's different stars, like three of them, but of all the games Rockstar to do, they do a Warriors game. It was just bizarre. But I guess it, it, the, the concept of the Warriors is so cool that that's what made the game successful. Right. This re-released it on PS4, and now they're gonna have a Hulu series. I, I mean, I love the movie. You have iconic performances. James Remar as Ajax it always stands out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. More so than anyone else, because he's a great actor. But just the concept of, 
uh, warriors that are away from home having to fight their way back through other various uh, gangs that are all colorful and themed. I wonder if that actually is it. Were there themed gangs in the late 70s? I know it was, crime was bad in, in New York in the 70s, but it, it was uh, an extrapolation of, of you know the crime going on in the city. You don't think you'd be walking through uh, Central Park and having guys dressed up as baseball <laughs> guys coming at you yeah. with bats. I, I would hope that wouldn't happen. But then again, you hear Central Park 70s. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a good time. No. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be out there. Uh, so uh, the fact that the Russo brothers are doing this, I'm gonna, I'm watching this, obviously. I, I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, they've created in a very short time a very large amount of credibility for themselves. Yeah. Um, so I think that this definitely stands a chance of being something very good. Uh, have you seen The Warriors? Uh, bits and pieces. Oh, you've it, like, never a seen A long it? time ago. No, I've, oh. I've seen it all the way through, but like, it was, I saw a chunk of it at my buddy's house, and then I saw another chunk of it, and then I think I finally saw it all the way through when I was like 13, and I probably haven't watched it since. I just remember thinking it was very fucking cool. I, I went out and read the freaking screenplay. Really? To see the difference between the movie, yeah, and the screenplay, well... The big one is that the character Fox, who's like the sort of everyman character, the one the one that gets killed off thrown yeah. the subway, he was supposed to be like the main character throughout the movie that gets the girl and everything, but the actor didn't like where the script was going, didn't like it, so they killed him off. He left this, He left basically production. Oh, gotcha. Instead of kill him off. So that kind of went things for a loop. So he wasn't supposed to die then. In the script, two more characters die. Uh, he survives characters die. So the main character, which I love the movie escapes right now, the main character who takes over for the second in command, Swan. Swan's character doesn't get the girl, doesn't have the interaction with the girl. They sort of softened him up for the rest of the movie. But in the movie, he gets like captured by one of the gangs with like pit bulls and has to fight his way out of this building. It's like kind of a tense, at least in the screenplay scene. So that's not in the movie. But then two other characters die. The cowboy character gets killed by the baseball furies in the script. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the Italian suave kind of like goofball gets killed by the Lizzies. Gets oh, shot really? by the Lizzies. They don't all escape in that. So they, But for the most part, the rest of the screenplay is, is, is intact. About but, right. But uh, it's a very intense in the Warriors. It's a movie that could only have been made then. Yeah. It, I'm sure... I always, hear the, I always hear them trying to remake it. It would not work in no, modern no, day. No, 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 no. It would not work in modern day. Partially because a lot of times now they're using guns instead of you know, bats and pipes and chains. It's not as exciting. To right. Sorry. Gotta be a man and use these. It's a lot more exciting. Anyway, thanks for better fight scenes. Oh, uh, yeah, this is gonna be a fun, fun series. They do like a ten episode series, whatever. Like I'm on board with this. Uh, the fight scenes will be great. They'll, they'll probably just expand out the you know the main story, have more of their maybe time on Coney Island, you know, the same way the video game did. So Q and A time on the CU podcast at Solar Fenrir. Thoughts on G2A and the controversy with Tiny Build. So, G2A is a secondhand site that allows you to buy uh, Steam keys for games. Um, generally sold as kind of like a used thing. They haven't been used, um, and you can get them for a much lower price. Uh, the problem with G2, uh, G2A that, that has um, arisen lately is the... The fact that it's really bad for developers and publishers and they lose money on it. And how they do that is this. Keys are generally bought... Um, there could be the legitimate user who, say, has a Humble Bundle, okay? And doesn't have doesn't need one of the games that they have, so they get rid of the key. That key gets resold for a cheaper price. That key ends up in someone else's hand. Fine, whatever. That's still profit off of something that someone else got for free. 
But that's, in general, how this is supposed to work. However, a lot of these keys are bought using either uh, stolen credit cards or credit cards that are then hit with chargebacks. But these keys are still sold to G2A. You can't authenticate a key necessarily from their end because if they do, then that redeems the game. So what they do is, is they sell these keys and... Um, sort of sight unseen? Sort of sight unseen, and they sell these keys. And what happens is is the developer slash publisher of the game is not seeing money from these keys because the majority, of, many of them are being bought using stolen or, charge, or, or chargebacks, and uh, they sell them. And then on top of that, to make it kind of shadier is, yeah, when you buy these keys, you run the risk of getting a key that doesn't work. So they have an insurance policy that you can buy into that ensures that you get a working key if your key does not. So we're talking about a lot of scummy shit happening on so the internet GTA lately. builds a marketplace. GTA builds a marketplace. That allows yes. people to basically steal codes either by having a <clears throat> by fake credit card or someone stealing someone's credit card and buying these or doing selling a bunch and charging back. So GTA has your, has their money, or has the, has these keys, right? Uh, but then on top of that, someone comes in and buys a key that might be useless from uh, GTA. So GTA gets their money, but then has a sleazy insurance policy in place that you can buy our insurance to insure us from selling you shit. That's basically what they're saying. Yes, brilliant. <laughs> GTA, I that mean, is brilliant. G2A. G2A. So, so G2A, there's, there's G2A. really not a whole lot to say about my, my thoughts on it is is uh, Tiny Build's 100% in the right, and G2A is a fucking scum shit Wow, site. how do they get like, away with that? Yeah, it's it's gross, and I like I would recommend not supporting something like G2A at all. Um, you know, how these things work uh, in the back uh, definitely is not how they make them look up front. They make it look very professional, but... What you are doing in in, in, in in one way or another is... This isn't like emulation, right, anymore, where you're downloading and playing a game that you know the rights to have been lost to forever and uh, or, or buying a used game where you know no one... Like, you're buying a used NES game. No one's losing money on that anymore. Um, you are actually taking money out of the pockets of developers and publishers in the event of trying to save a, a buck or two. Which is why Tiny Build, one of these companies, are, are pissed off. Yes. And there are ways to legitimately get your deals. And I've always said, by all means, get your deals. Just get your deals in a way that isn't shady as fuck. Use your humble bundles. You know, Make use of these sorts of things. But uh, G2A is not the way to do it. And uh, it's definitely, definitely a shady sort of service. So, Tiny Bill, the CEO, came out and basically highlighted what was wrong with this. Uh, selling unauthorized keys. He said that G2A sold the equivalent of 450000 in copies of Speedrunners, Punch Club, and Party Hard, which I guess are three Tiny Bill games. Yeah. Punch on, Club's really good. Uh, on the G2A marketplace, those 26,000 unit sales actually made only 200000 so there's some shrinkage there, I guess, of bad keys and things of that nature. Right. Which is not good. Because like you said, the the original, uh, the, the actual game publisher is, is losing out. Yes. On money. And, and consumers might be getting screwed on the other end. Right. It's just kind of a weird marketplace. Ugh. At Hardly Bjorking. <laughs> Any <laughs> shoplifting stories from Luna? Um, yeah, people have... have, have have uh, in the past uh, one somewhat recent. Generally, we're actually really good um, about 
this sort of thing not happening. But uh, every time we do inventory, you know, we find discs for games. So, you know, like any smart business DVD store, used video game store, disc-based games, the cases go up front for people to peruse. Discs get filed away in the back. And whenever we do inventory, we'll find, uh, we'll find, um, games, discs that we have that no longer have a case to go with, meaning someone thought that they were going to, you know, get away with, you know, stealing it. Thought that we actually put a fucking, you know, left the games in the cases and we're just going to walk out the door with them. Um, it was, it's not funny, but I mean, when we were on Voltaire, uh, there was a lot of shitty kids used to come in and the line of sight on our oldest store was very rough. It was hard to see around hard the corner the second all room. the time in the <clears throat> second room where we kept the disc-based games. So a lot of times, like, the lady who, who ran, like, the, uh, you know, the, the, the green bookstore two doors down, at the end of the day, she'd lock up, and it was, like, once, twice a month, she'd come in, she'd be like, I found this case in my bushes. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So they would steal a game, thought they, they were cool. They would immediately open it, realize there's no game in it, and toss the case in the bushes. Even though you had signs all over saying that, or, there's no game There's in no the games in these fucking cases. Um, we did recently have a guy... Uh, I don't know how much I really want to talk about this. Honestly, I, I mentioned it briefly. Ongoing investigation. On but uh, there was a guy who uh, who had uh, fast-handed a couple of TurboGrafx games, and uh, we have security cameras, and uh, when confronted with uh, that info, uh, instead of waiting around for the police to show up, he uh, threw the games on the counter and ran out of the store. <laughs> so we got all of our games back. Because he tried to, he tried to steal them from one store. He 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 stole like a game from each store and then tried to sell it back at the opposite store, not knowing that there's like three of us. We all know what the Turbo Graphics inventory is off the top of our head, and it's like, oh, that 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 Darkwing Duck went missing, and you have a Darkwing Duck, and I have your picture right here. Well, I guess is that what he stole? A Darkwing Duck. A Darkwing Duck was one of them. How yeah. Did I get behind it. Well, because they they were just cards, and he was like, can I see the cards? Oh, he asked for the cards and he left with them. He must have, po- yeah, sleight of hand uh, must have fucking pocketed one. Now you you fucking steal Turbo Graphics games, buddy. That's the that's it for yeah. you. Well, so, these petty criminals are stupid for the most part. Yeah, but no, I mean honestly, we've had very little in the way of shoplifters. Most of our customers aren't that awful. Well, I mean, the only thing I still I still your store would be like some third party controllers out in the open. I mean, yeah, that's... right. I mean, we we, we <laughs> the only stuff you can steal, steal the free li- stuff up front. The free yeah. stuff's up front. You can steal that. <laughs> the only stuff that's available. Steal the Rock Band equipment. Yes. The only stuff that we have available to steal is either shitty third party controllers or stuff that we're giving away for free anyways. And you think you're getting away with stealing like a something CD case? Free. Yeah, or, or we put all that shit out front for free. Just yes, focus your attention there. Let 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 Ian be and his and his sauna of a game store. This is from I Have One Testicle. <laughs> Isolate that, everyone. As the Neo Geo AS is an epic find, what's your top ten flea market finds, a.k.a. boot fairs in the UK? Uh, I thought there were boot sales. Boot fairs in the UK? Okay, because of the car boot. They sell out of their trunk. Yeah. Um, well, uh, ten is tough, but I'll go through some of the highlights. Uh, the Neo Geo's up there. Uh, not dirt cheap, but still a great deal. Uh, I always go back to it. It's non-gaming. My military grade uh, night vision. Mm-hmm. I checked on it actually a few months ago, though. But unfortunately, it went from being perfectly fine to now there's like a like a, a this like semicircle where it's blocked. So I got to get it fixed. I'm like, ah, shit. I got I to spend money on something that I got for nothing that costs like seventeen hundred dollars. Like, damn it. But anyway, uh, 
Uh, Tari Jaguar box complete for like 25 bucks. That's up there. The Marvel vs. Capcom 2 sealed for Xbox for like 15 bucks. Well, I don't know what it works now, but then it was impossible to find or worth sure. a lot before they released it digital, digitally. Um, those are two are up there. Uh, Zombie Nation for 15 bucks from Wario the Reseller. It's one good deal I ever got off him when he has them all like priced similarly. Um, that's up there. Never found any Turbo stuff. Oh, no, no, no. I'll include that the one time I did find Turbo stuff at this flea market. I got the uh, Turbo Graphics with the uh, uh, with the AV one. I can't think of it. I'm tired. Turbo Booster. Turbo Booster. Turbo Booster on on it or plus with like eight games for like twenty bucks. That was one of the best deals I ever got at a That's flea market. That's pretty great. Uh, that was about f- five years ago. Those are the ones off the top of my head. Uh, I find some toy deals every now and then. Nothing extraordinary. It's like, oh god, I got a one dollar toy that's worth three thousand dollars. But I did find those GI Joe card figures, where I was like, oh, I paid I pay ten bucks for that card figure. It's probably worth about two hundred fifty dollars. That GI Joe Tiger Force uh, Psych Out or whatever it was. Yeah, something like that. So those are the ones that I've scored on. What about you, Ian? What are some of your uh, uh, top flea market finds? There's only like three or four that I can think of. I um I, I don't. I never went to the flea. I never went to the flea market for toys and stuff. I went to the flea market for games, and then I went for weird junk, and that's always what I I, I wanted to look for. Um, I, I the, the top three are very easy, um, and even back when I was collecting, uh, the price I got these for was was a steal. Um, because, steal. Because these, were, these were still considered hard to find games, uh, and they were at least a hundred to two hundred a piece. Um, I got uh, my Action Fifty Two uh, for ten bucks complete um, with the manual uh, and, and the comic. Um, I got a Caltron Six and One complete manual for uh, twelve or fifteen. Still waiting on that manual, buddy. Yeah, and then. Um, the uh, actually Pat has one right here. Um, I got a World of Nintendo fiber optic sign for eight dollars in working condition. You sold that? No, I still have it. Although I actually am in talks with a certain someone we both know to maybe get rid of it. You know, I wanted that at some point, right? Because I have it right there. Yeah. So you could have sold it to me like three years ago. Yeah. Well, I held on to it because I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. But uh, our pal Grimsy is. Interested son in of it. a bi- this son of a bitch here. See how he treats me, everyone. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing with it at the time. So our our, our buddy might be uh, getting getting that from me. They're giving a fellow Buffalonian a hookup. Well, it's in Buffalo. He's in Buffalo. I don't have to deal with shipping. All right, okay, fuck That's, it. I, I, I would have paid for shipping, but okay. Um, so those are probably my three biggest come ups, and then like you know, I, I would have the occasional like uh, you know, especially back then the. People selling a box of Nintendo games. Here's twenty bucks, and it's got you know Dragon Warrior oh, yeah. two, three, and four in it, and it's like great because even yeah. back then those were thirty, forty, fifty dollar games. Yeah. So um, those were always nice to come by. At Joshua Risner seventy six, the thirty two X system and games have jumped in price. Is it the new popular system to collect for? <laughs> what about it's not new, but is it I guess the freshest one? I what system at this point isn't the new popular system to collect for? I guess it's kind of my question. The, the master system ever catch on that much? Or it, it caught on well enough, and it kind of died. Or yeah, and then it kind of died. I mean, Turbo caught on well enough, and it kind of died because I mean, I think it priced everyone out of it. Um, now I do get a lot. I get a I, I get a significantly larger amount of people coming in now looking for 3DO stuff. Really? And yep, 
and 32X stuff. Um, the 32X went from an attachment that was like we couldn't give them away at 15, 20 bucks mm-hmm. to now I think being valued at like 60 or 70. Real, just loose? No, with everything. With the, with the two with, cables? With, with, with the two cables and the the, the, the the pan and all that or whatever the fuck Why? you want to call it. I don't know. And like, I, I could be wrong. I'm going off the top of my head, but I know it shot up like significantly like maybe even possibly more um and this was we haven't had one in a couple months so i'm just going off what i remember but now i've got a lot of people who are interested in the 32x stuff i do get people who call and ask for the 32x um and i've seen a huge increase in the amount of people who want 32x stuff but they also want it complete so i I don't want to sound like a jerk which I know is hard because I always do, but I just feel like at some point people need to stop chasing that fucking horse and like be okay with what they have. Like I, I just, it seems like everyone gets to a point where they're okay with like a collection they have, so they start collecting for something else. And I mean that's why we're seeing people. I mean, ten years ago when I started at Luna, I I could have put 3DO and 32X stuff in the middle of the fucking floor with no one around it. And at the end of the day, I could have gone back and it all would have been there. No one would have touched it. This is bizarre. Now, now people come in and they will look through the 3DO stuff and they'll they'll eyeball the prices and they'll check on the eBay and they'll they'll check the discs and they'll hem and they'll haw and they'll do the same thing with 32X stuff. They'll take the complete stuff and they'll look at it and they'll assess the box damage and yeah, it is. It's it's now a fucking collector's market and now shit that we used to sell for. Two to five dollars a piece all day long just to get out of the store it is now going up in price. Yes, thirty-two X games now hold some value. Some of them. Well, yeah, they always had the rare ones that did. You always had uh, what is it? The Sonic Knuckles Chaotix was always the. That one. was like thirty-five bucks. And then Spider-Man Web of Fire is the hard to find one. That's like a hundred something. And yeah. then Blackthorn is not cheap. But like, yeah, Calibri is now. You know that used to be like a thirty-five dollar game. I would guess Calibri is probably fifty to sixty now. I don't want to know what Sonic. I don't want to know what Knuckles Chaotix is going for now. Oh, I got it. Um, I, I mean, it may be relatively the same, but yes, in it's, terms of popularity, it is jumping. Is the appeal, is that, because it's a small library of, what, 30-plus games, is that part of the appeal? Because this isn't, like, a, a well, it's not a highly regarded add-on. It, it, it was garbage for the most part. I think the appeal is collectors are going to collect. Most of the games were not exclusive to this, so it's like yeah. you could have got these games elsewhere. No, I literally think it's collecting for collecting's sake. Which is fine, but it's just a weird one to, to gravitate towards. Well, it, I mean, it, it is, but you, I mean, if you're going to collect to collect, if that, if yeah, that's sure. what you do, you're going to find you, you find you find the cheapest thing. Sure. You're not doing it because you give a shit well, about not, the system, but it's, but it's not cheap though. No, it was, but oh, that's and that's okay. how the prices go up, and that's how they become the next big thing. Is people start talking about it. someone, mm-hmm. someone, someone's eyes go from their Genesis collection and go, hey, I can start buying 32x shit now, and then they talk about it, and 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 it. It grows like a snowball rolling downhill, and then the prices go up. I think a third of these are exclusive, maybe. Maybe like 30% of these are exclusive games, not on a computer or other system. So, Night Trap, another system, or, 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 or Sega CD. NBA Jam Tournament, Mortal Kombat 2, uh, FIFA, Doom. Uh, was Corpse Killer on another system? Yes, Corpse Killer was on another Blackthorn system. was on the PC, that's where I played it. And Afterburner. Nintendo. I mean, yeah, Star Wars Arcade. That was only... Uh, Star Wars Trilogy is only available on the uh, 32X. Supreme Warrior, that was a computer game. Uh, Virtua Ra- Fighter, obviously, on like two other systems. Uh, Raw, Virtua WrestleMania, Racing. WrestleMania arcade game, which I had on PC. Yeah, yeah so 
uh, yeah, it's just not. It's, it's just a weird system. And are people actually going to hook it up and play this? Maybe I don't know. I have Slam City with Scotty Pippen sitting over there. I think. <laughs> I think it's sealed. Oh no, no, my Night Trap is sealed. The 32x version, which is actually a lot harder to find than the Sega CD one, but I don't know if it's worth as much for whatever reason. It's had the same notoriety mm. of it. So okay. you go from like 240 times 180 to like 300 times 220 or something. It's like a little bit bigger, right? You know, you can see all that like goriness and. Awkward dance party sequence. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. At Picard underscore M underscore maker. Uh, after the hate James got for his Ghostbusters video, should YouTubers avoid controversial subjects? Uh, I mean, the answer is no. I mean, I mean that's pretty pretty flat out easy. Um, I mean, it, it depends on how, what what angle you're asking this question from. I think that. Some people, I think Pat and I will always go after certain controversial topics. Um, Underage gambling, yeah, on YouTube, and I mean, we'll always call out, you know, bullshit. Um, is it maybe a good idea to always go after a controversial topic? Maybe not, but I don't know. It, it I think it's it, the 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 value of going after a certain topic really needs to be taken into account by the person who's doing it. Um, in the the case of James and the Ghostbusters thing, I still feel like it's is that a, an Encyclopedia Brown book? Yeah, the case, of, uh, the, case the case of James and the Ghostbusters video. Uh, I still feel like it was one of those things where the timing was probably a little too hot for it. Um, I think at any other point in time, that video looks like me whining about fucking Batman versus Superman. It's just a person who likes a movie who's talking about another movie, but because of the current climate, um, you know, it was blown out of proportion. So I'm not even, I, I guess that's the weird disconnect here. I don't feel like James's video was controversial. I, I feel like no. it was him saying he didn't want to see a movie and listing his reasons for why he didn't want to see the movie. Um, but no, I think, I think YouTubers should always go after the topics they want to go to because otherwise you're not being fucking true to yourself. And if you're not being true to yourself, then why the fuck are you doing this? Well, well, for some people, that's not their brand. There's sure. Some people, their brand is just to be happy, go lucky entertainers. Well, like, like I said earlier, it depends on that. It depends on the individual yeah. person. They have to weigh it against what, what, what I, they're going I for. I didn't bring this up and we covered the CSO go uh, uh, betting scandal but a lot of YouTubers brands is that hey I'm friends with you hey yeah. guys let's just hang out and be friends and and I'm sure for some of them they're being honest with that but fuck are a lot of them disingenuous sure a lot of them that's just their shtick that's just their attitude on screen to hey guys we're gonna harness this community and blah 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 so the point is if you're gonna be like that you want to stay away from controversy as much as you possibly can. Right. Because the moment you get into talking about politics or religion or social issues, oh boy, are people going to have diverting opinions about that. Uh, so, Or diverging opinions. So if that's your brand to stay away from that stuff, then fucking stay away from it. Yeah. Because the moment you get into it, people are going to say, that's not what I want to hear you talk about. That's not why I watch your, I don't know, muscle man uh, let's play videos where you're going. I don't want to hear you talk about social issues. There, I don't know. Does that exist? Should I start? I don't know. We do you want to do let's, let's play yeah. Muscle Man? Yeah, I got a bunch in the garage. We can do. Do we have the little ring? With the oh, fuck yeah! Do I have the ring? I have the belt. Cool in there. Oh yeah, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Yeah, that's what we're doing. That's our first let's play video. Let's play Muscle Man. Anyway, the whole point is if if that's your deal, you you don't want to do it. But if your deal is to be controversial, 
that if that's your shtick to do it for the sake of it, then yeah, talk about whatever you want. But no, realize or if that, your deal is to just take topics as they come, like I think is sure. ours. Then you just you you take things as they come. And some podcasts it's all sunny, sun and roses, and on some podcasts it's all doom this. and gloom. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I, I think we're somewhere in the middle. I don't think we, I like to think that we don't talk about controversial stuff just to be controversial because there's a lot of stuff we don't talk about. That's out there in controversy. So, yeah, once again, I think it, it largely depends on what you're going for. And as far as the James thing, I just, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't, I don't see it as that controversial. Hardcore left wing feminist Ian doesn't see it as controversial. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, did someone fucking hit me in the head with a hammer? Or is there just something I'm not seeing? Well, you did have fish tacos with him. I did. Uh, at Tasty RC. Is that tasty radio control? Yeah. Uh, Evo, top eight of Street so. Fighter Five will be televised on ESPN2. More of a exclamation than a question. But I guess he wants us to comment on <laughs> Evo, uh, the top eight of Evo. So we talk a lot of shit about uh, various things being um, broadcast on sports channels like uh, Heroes of the Storm and, 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 and that sort of stuff. Did we talk about StarCraft or other things that have been put on there? I don't, I don't know. About StarCraft. But, but it's mostly been like these MOBAs and stuff that we've discussed. Um, I actually think the Evo Top 8 of Street Fighter Five televised on ESPN2, exclamation point, <laughs> is, uh, I think that's pretty cool, and here's why. Um, it's a fighting game, and it's made to look like a street fight. And yes, there's a lot of there's a lot of. Technical, they start as a yeah, street fight. fight. It, it, there's a lot of technical stuff going on under the surface that most people don't care about or need to know about. But you know what? It's fun to watch two people who are good at fighting games play fighting games. Yes, it's easy to follow. I w- I watch it. Yes. I've watched it. It's easy to follow people playing fighting games. It's fun to watch them. It's, like I said, just like what it says. It's like watching a fight. You understand punches and kicks connecting. You understand combos. You understand special moves. And that's all you need to do for this to be amusing is to watch, you know, to pass by it on your TV and flip and just watch two colorful characters go go at it for, you know, 60 seconds and see who wins. This is a lot more accessible to a mainstream market than some... Thick, dense, over you know, uh, hyper strategized thing like a, like a Heroes of the Storm, like you were t- like we talked yeah, about. Yeah, and it's a mess to watch on right. screen. This is not. This is very easy to watch. Very easy to follow. Uh, so Evo is also going to be having Mortal Kombat X, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Three, Tekken Seven, and Pokken Tournament. Those are the titles this year. Pokken. Um, Pokemon might, might be another one, uh, but I don't know. The whole point is that I think this is the. I think they're going with Street Fighter for a couple reasons. Uh, Mortal Kombat X is a little too violent. Fighter ESPN 2 with the fatalities potentially and the fucking dumb little cutaways. It's because everyone knows Street Fighter. My spleen got broken. It's because everyone knows Street Fighter. Uh, Everyone knows Mortal Kombat. But but, but violence, sure. Um, uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, it's a three-man tag. So that's, that's, that's crossing into that very messy sort of thing to watch. Sure. Um, I'm surprised though, but because it's Disney and Marvel, you think they would have helped them out there, but they didn't. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like in terms of what to watch, it's easier to watch a one-on-one fight than it is to watch two teams of three constantly tag each other in and out. Yeah, it's probably easier to explain too. And then Pokemon tournament is uh, Tekken Seven, new but not as well known. I, I like watching. I've so seen do I. Tekken it's better. great. It's a lot of strategy involved. But but it's new. It's new, so they probably sure. want to go with something. They're, they're going with name recognition, and then Pokemon Street. tournament's awesome. But it's it's the Pokemon fighting game. That's not going to be the one that gets picked for ESPN two. So Street Fighter, it's it's the it's the the grandfather of fighting. It's games the gold standard. It's the standard. Whether whether it's the best at any given time or not, it's the one that everyone knows. So now the question is, 
Will people watch it on ESPN2 or will I find it randomly? And then, okay, I'll, maybe I'll watch Street Fighter. No, they probably won't like tune in. Like, like we've all said, these pe- people who watch this stuff have been watching it on streams forever and ever and ever. And that's all they need is, is their streams. However, I do think that the average Joe flipping channels who stumbles upon this is far more likely to stay with it for half an hour than they would than be. Than Heroes of the Storm. Than Heroes oh, of the absolutely. Storm. I'm not saying it's going to do large numbers because so far they haven't. But ESPN wants to do this. They have their, uh, their eSports vertical. They want to get into this. I didn't realize that they, they uh, broadcast Madden NFL 16 championships back in June. I must have missed that. Yeah, that they usually been. do that. They usually do it for that? Yeah. They should, I wish they did the Tecmo Super Bowl one every year. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. They always, they always do, they do coverage of that almost every year at this point of the Super, Tecmo Super Bowl. Uh, in like, I think it's in Madison, Wisconsin. So, all right. I will. You know what? If it's on, if I'm, if I'm falling asleep at 1 a.m. and it's a choice between uh, putting on Forensic Files or seeing Street Fighter on ESPN2, I might go to ESPN2. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I love my forensic files. All right, so this is from at Brock4381. Do you think the collectability of Amiibos is over? Was it a bad thing to actually meet the demand of the public? Uh, yes, I do think that the collectability of Amiibos is largely over. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think that only depends on where you're coming from. If you were in this from the beginning as some sort of investment, uh, then yes, it was a bad thing to meet the demands of the public. But in general, for a business and for the consumer, it is not a bad thing to meet the demands of the public. The public gets what they want, and they get what they want by giving you, the company, money for the item, good, or service. So... No, it wasn't a bad idea to meet the demands at all. Does it mean a lot of people um, are now sitting there wondering why they scrambled around so, you know, crazily trying to get some of this stuff and they have piles and piles of these? Maybe, but at least most people who wanted any of the ones after, like, the first third, if you look at the Amiibo timeline, basically anything that people wanted after the first third of that timeline, people could get. There were still ones that were hard to get, like Mega Yarn Yoshis and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, most people were able to get what they wanted, and that's only a good thing. And they re-released the, those like kind of hard to find ones, like Wii Fit Trainer. I don't think they ever did Wii Fit Trainer, oh, but, they, but they did do a lot of them. Like Big uh, Big Mac, Little Mac, <laughs> Little Mac got a re-release. Uh, Falcon got a re-release. Some of the Fire Emblem ones got re-releases. Uh, Villager got a re-release. So in the end, I think most people got what they wanted, which is their cute little shelf candy with Nintendo characters on it that that are well done. You sure uh, Wii Fit Trainer didn't get a restock at some point? I don't believe she did, but I could be wrong. But they, the whole point is any time they can do it still. Yes. They can do it still. That's the problem with that. When you when you have a speculative market on new items, like with, hate to say it, Beanie Babies, which was ruined by a speculative market because people didn't actually want those fucking things to play with or display. No. They bought them because they think they're going to retire on them, and they were all fucking ruined by it. Same thing can happen with this. Yep. You know, and so... But the people, the good news is that the people that actually wanted to play with or just to have, they ended get up what getting they want. Them. Yeah. So it, to me, it's it's different than Beanie Babies for just for the fact that most of the people now that want these are buying because they want them, not to just invest in. Well, and, and Nintendo met the demands of the uh, the public early enough to to kind of keep this from getting to Beanie Babies level. Sure. Nintendo's. If you want to get Nintendo. Uh, we're not giving Nintendo a pass, but I don't think they like like, like with the they didn't see the uh, demand for these as much as they did maybe at first. They probably should have, but they, they right. should have. But you know, Nintendo they're 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 always cautious when it comes to this shit. 
you know. But they, the, the, at the end of the day, with like the remember with the Wii, the yeah. shortages, they 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 put out a much. They want to make money. They're not doing it on purpose. Yeah. People are like, oh well, they want to just get people more interested in buying them. No, they like want their the fucking money. cabbage patch. No, they want they want the money. money. <laughs> They're not Coleco in eighty two, eighty three. Marky Stevens, my Marky Stevens cabbage patch kid. All right, I reference him again. I always remember my Marky Stevens. I always know his name. At Shintai Reviews asks, "Oh God, did you write this? Is this a, what? Is this what? Your, is this I, your account? I, I don't. I don't see any sec- evidence of this, this at all. A secondary account. You throw, you're at Shintai Reviews asks, was the NES guide made for NES veterans in mind, or can anyone with a love of games enjoy it? Why who wrote this? I, I, <laughs> I'm not saying whether or not I own multiple accounts, but wow, I'm glad you asked. What a coincidence. Because look what I have right here. It's a sample of Ultimate Nintendo, Guide to the NES Library, still available at UltimateNES.com. Let's just flip through it, shall we? Flip through it. Look at those gorgeous pages. This thing weighs like over six pounds. (laughs) Don't fall apart on the screen. It's Uh, sewn in. It's sewn in. The binding. It lays flat. In the middle, look at that shit. On ice hockey, four stars, according to a certain, certain NES guidebook in my fucking hands, finally! Holy shit, is it real? It but anyway, back to the question. Was it made for NES veterans or minor, or anyone with love of games enjoy it? Ian, I think, I think anyone with love of games can enjoy it. And I it. didn't pay him to say that. No. No, I think... But no, but seriously, let's be honest for a second. It's you- a book of reviews in alphabetical order with reflections, pictures, genre... Uh, Release date, developer, publisher, number of players, special features, type of game, license or unlicensed, availability, and the star rating. All the information someone who's just getting into NES gaming would want to know. Or any gaming. Yeah. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. The reason why I we did this instead of, like, I don't know, Sega Genesis is because this is the fallback retro game system. Yes. It's the most popular to collect. It's the most popular to play. It has, to me, people are going to say, oh, PS2 has a better library. All right. The NES, to me, is an extremely interesting, diverse library of games. You you probably agree. No, I agree. One of the things, I, I mean, I burnt out on, but one of the things I always liked about the Nintendo library was it was where you started to see companies just throw wild shit at the wall and see what stuck. Oh, absolutely. Like Last Action Hero, for example. <laughs> One and a half stars. Very uncommon game. Found that at the swap meet once. But you go through it, and you, to me, hell, I still... Even having edited this book and gone through it, see games that was that a Nintendo game or not? Right. Honestly, I'm not just shilling. I actually honest. Limited edition people. <laughs> I'll put the number on the screen. We got ten minutes left on it. Um, it's gonna come with a CS:GO knife. It's gonna come with exactly. Yeah, Damascus steel. Damascus steel. Got the Mark McGuire rookie card. Mm. You can use it as a placeholder. Are you going to say anything else while flipping through the book, or are we just going to make QVC quotes? No, uh, but uh, but seriously, I think anyone with a love of games could could look in, because I think it's a curiosity, so many of these games. Yes, exactly. Like, like you don't realize that, what? Greg Norman's Golf Power? Wow, it's a four and a half star game. Why is it that good? Hell, I didn't know before I played it for the book that it was an excellent game. I didn't. You know, was there any games like that that you play like, holy shit, that's a much better game than I thought it was going to be? Um, yeah, there are. I couldn't, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Thanks, Ian. You're welcome. For doing that. But hell, you know, uh, you know, we're, su- we're surprised that Karate Kid, Ian think Karate Kid. I, I was going to say, actually, actually, Karate Kid's really not that fucking bad. It's three stars better than average. And I kind of happen to agree. Hell, I gave Karate Champ three stars. Yeah. You, once you learn the controls, it's a pretty good game. We need to learn the <laughs> controls. Not saying it's a great game, but you know what? It's... But how about something like Kabuki Quantum Fighter? That's a example. fantastic game. You know. So, 
There's a lot of stuff in the library to discover. Or you can just use the book to press eggplant juice out before you... Yeah, it's heavy enough, too. Because this thing is, like, already making my wrist hurt. You know, but uh, you can't sue me for carpal tunnel. I don't think. There's a a liability waiver you get with this. But, uh, no, there's a lot of stuff in the library. Uh, Pac-Mania. Ian gave an average two and a half stars that... You know, was it as good as the arcade? No. It's not an exciting game to begin with. Puznik. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the library that's good. Heavy ass book. It's not going to come out till late summer for everyone else, but it's fine. Hey, you have proof that it exists. It's right here. It's uh, coming. Uh, Pat stole all our money on the Kickstarter. Oh no, because I paid the taxes on that shit. Uh, <laughs> boy, boy, did I pay the price already. Anyway, all right. So it's done. Thanks everyone for your support, and thanks for 150 reviews. Even though we had a little controversy on a couple star ratings, but that's okay. We worked it out. We compromised on a couple. But, uh, I didn't fun. compromise on any of my fucking star ratings. I compromised on a couple for Ian, but I also raised a couple for you because you wanted to complain about RBI baseball, so I raised it. Hey, <laughs> you did want to complain about that one. I did. You I whined, did. You oh, did. I wanted to complain about RBI oh, baseball. You're right. You did. Okay. So, so we're all good. You won't be fine. And maybe on the second printing, we can work out details on a on a couple that I lowered. But I don't think I lowered about two or three of yours. I think I lowered Burger Time. But... I, that's that wasn't what I signed up for. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> uh, Q and A time is over on the CU podcast. Um, uh, we have a Patreon for the podcast. Ian, what is it? Uh, Patreon dot com slash pxl s i c l e. I think we can change that at some point, buddy. Make it a little easier. We have the option to maybe. <laughs> I'll go rogue when they just fucking do it. I think I'll think about it. <laughs> um, we have that. If you want to advertise and or be a sponsor with the CU podcast in video or audio form. Send an email to cupodcast at thepunkeffect.com. Always looking for cool sponsors um, to help us pay the bills and to help us print out heavy books. Um, Big heavy books. And So we're going to be at Comic-Con in a few weeks. That'll be fun. We can't say the day yet of the panel, but we'll be there. Ian might make a pin or two. We don't know. We'll just bring his extras to give out. And I'll have a, fr- a Frank alongside with me uh, to hang out. So that'll be fun. And, um, yeah, anything else going on? Are we done? We're done. So, uh, for Ian Ferguson, wow, it's our third podcast in a row, technically, for weeks. Mm. Three weeks in a row. Boy, is that fun. Uh, I got a new Flea Market Manus. Be on the lookout for that. Um, uh, Path of the Enemy's Punk. Got one more to edit. One more planned. I got a DVD I got to do at some point. Jesus Christ. I got an app coming out, too. Fuck. So, anyway, stuff going on. I got a vacation at some point. But we'll see you at Comic-Con. And after that, I don't know when we'll both see you, but I'll be at Game On Expo August 5th. And then two, uh, 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 Soul Calibration Gaming Expo August 20th. PRGE is my next guarantee. Well, we'll see if we can work one in, though, before that. We'll see. Yeah. We'll just see. All right. right now. For Ian Ferguson, who's now in this podcast, he's actually in focus. So we'll see everyone later.